Get out there right now, man. Beat those big crowds. <laughs> what are you laughing about? You. <laughs> Get out there now and beat the mob. Get there and see a little BP. Yeah. Or like I said yesterday, they can just go up the corner there by us and go to BP, gas up for 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Boy, I don't know what your people are doing there. They got you potted down so low, I sound like you're on uh, Pluto. You can hear me now? Yeah, I hear you, but I mean like you're on another uh, planet somewhere. I needed to pot down. There you go, yeah. Smoke a little. Yeah. It's uh, good for your appetite. What a game last night, huh? Which one are you talking about? I'm certainly not talking about the baseball game. Jesus. Well, the Heat played yesterday, too. What? The Heat played. I don't don't participate in such garbage. So you're talking about Toronto beating the... uh, You bet. Wow. The Panthers. One of the most exciting games, one of the most nerve-wracking games I've seen in my life. Game didn't mean too much. Game meant nothing. I don't want to hear Geldy when I got Joe Bowen here on TV. You think I want to hear Geldy? Oh my God, that's embarrassing. That's that's degrading. He never even called me to invite me to dinner, by the way. Geldy? Geldy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never called me to say hi, how are you doing? How's things? But yeah, come watch the game with them? Or? Right, nothing. Zero that's right, he could invite me to come right up there in the press box. Piece yep. of crap. Oh, here comes the winning goal in overtime, by the way. Just like a game at the Macarena, I was telling the guys. It sounds like there were people there. Yeah, standing room only, like every game. 19,000 plus. And the game didn't mean anything. What do you mean didn't mean anything? Not to the Panthers. Not to the Panthers, it didn't. They sure as hell gave us a... You know, Newendike had a hat trick. Well, you know Joe Newendike. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Sundin yeah. comes up with four goals and two assists. Nice going match, baby. A little bit late, but nevertheless, at least make it exciting. Yeah, that uh, yesterday I saw some of that uh, crowd. <laughs> 31,308. That was more than I thought they'd have. Oh, yeah. They won't be back. And I've seen, you know, I've seen better uniforms in Sandlot games than San Diego. Well, what, what is that? Uh, that is the worst-looking uniform. Looks like, Those guys look like they crawled out of a dumpster. And they still kick the crap out of uh, Marlins. Opening day was is still nice, you know that? We won the World Series. <laughs> That's your buddy who was going to be on there Friday morning, but they didn't tell you about it. By the way, I don't want you to feel bad personally. This is good. You know what they say, misery loves company? Yeah. It's not you, not only you and Mad Dog there, whose careers are being destroyed by the current regime, but yours truly as well. We're all going down together. It's like being on the Titanic. We're all going down the um, tube together. <laughs> we are. Now that we got Clarabelle running the show. Real clown. So there are ice cubes in the water. we got to be careful. Such a clown that Norma can't even hung the phone up on him two nights ago is what I'm hearing now. Wow. 
and he was going to fax Norm a copy of uh, George's contract. But I guess I guess Joyce didn't uh, personally come down and give him uh, you know a written approval on his wrist. I don't know what's going on. It's unbelievable. Brian Schmutz came in there to say hi this morning and happy Pesach, and I said, "Hey, uh, you made a bad mistake, Brian. Came back at the wrong time under the wrong regime." So, Maybe I'll go eat sushi with Greg next time I come down there. I'd rather <laughs> see him than this guy. Yeah. I, s- I saw Brian yesterday uh, at the game. Poor Brian. Oh, and then uh, Miguel tells me that we had our best of Neil stuff out there at the, at the uh, stadium yesterday. Of course, nobody told me about it, so we didn't sell any. Yeah, I didn't know it was there either. No, of course not. Nobody knew about it. It was like uh, Miguel was sitting on it, hatching it. Like, like a bird sitting on an egg. Taking care of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to take care of your ass, I'll tell you that right now. We're going to bring Doreen back just to haunt you. She was there yesterday. Get out of she here. She was at our party. What, what, what do you mean she was at your party? i got to tell you something. There was a Hall of Shame lineup <laughs> at our party yesterday. Yeah. You know who else was there? Snoring the free food. Probably screw in. No, but you're close. close. Roy. Close. Go back to the end. Can't get any closer to screw in than Roy. How about uh, the old promotion director, Sam? Get out of here. I wouldn't lie to you. He had the nerve to go there and snore free food yesterday? I saw him with my own eyes. What a what a joke. Brother. And some of the old sales guys were there? Zoltan was there? Well, what the hell's that all about? It was like a reunion. Get out of here. Reunion my ass. There were there were more ex employees at their party than at that party than there were clients. Well, that's not saying much. Yeah, well, we don't have a lot of clients. <laughs> I remember the days we used to have some. <laughs> but, yeah, I was amazed to see In fact, we got Duff Lindsay out there. He's conducting his own uh, little promotion. Duff was there. Called, he was called there. the Battle of the Pizza Joints he's got going. See, which we can put them both out of business. Lunatics. The inmates have taken over. They're officially running the asylum. But the good news is the Marlin pregame is at 1230. I talked to two friends of mine yesterday, who took, both of whom uh, I didn't even bring it up. They just volunteered it. They said they, can't, they couldn't believe that in the daytime when people actually are awake and little children are listening to radio, that we had the crow on before the opening day game. They couldn't believe it. Crow was talking about the city manager, uh, Mr. Arroyo. Yeah. <laughs> His name's Ariola. Yeah. I know that. Well, he had a couple letters right. He's thinking of Luis Arroyo, pitch for the Yankees. Remember him? Yeah. Or Norberto Arroyo, the jockey in New York. Wasn't he the guy that saved all the Whitey Ford starts? Luis Arroyo, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. I think so. No, that's right. Luis Arroyo. Arroyo. guy came and saved it for old Whitey. Yep. Those were the days, baby. This baseball they're playing now, man. This is caca. I see that Jeffrey Luria was standing there like a clown behind home plate before the game. I didn't, uh, wasn't listening to the audio. I was on the phone. Would like to have heard the crowd booing his ass. I don't know. And, and then, then of course, the uh, shills across the street, the bastard and the Kotex, they're still writing all, oh, yeah, this is a disgrace, and the people, you're just going to let them go away. You know something? Pack them a sandwich. And now, Jeffrey Luria, here's the article by Barry Jackass, which I'm sure you saw. I don't know if you talked about it. Though he prefers South Florida, owner Jeffrey Luria reiterated the Marlins will explore all relocation options, including San Antonio. You know what? Barry's a pimp. Read my lips, he says. They're very serious. Remember the last guy that said read my lips? Yeah, well, we had Lurie on the show yesterday for an hour. Yeah, and what did he say about San Antonio? Uh, he's, on this show, he said that he is willing to meet with anybody here to try and accomplish a stadium and, uh, and work with them. Yeah. Which is something he had not said previously. And he said that uh, 
he acknowledges that maybe he should have gotten about involved. Luis Arroyo? Maybe he can meet with uh, Whitey Ford and Louis Arroyo. You know what? It's not in the city anymore. The county is, is the entity he's going to have to deal with. And he recognized that. He's willing to sit down with anybody. I gave up. I gave him a suggestion yesterday. I said what the county manager needs to do, if they want to keep baseball here, treat it like any other business. Have you know, you know, Sid Levin, our friend, used to be the head of the Beacon Council. The Beacon Council's job was to try to attract business here. They know how to get these things done. Forget about the city commission. Go work with them. And he liked the idea. And, and he said, Sid Levin put up the money. He can build it. Yes, yeah, Sid's loaded. Yeah. So anyway. He said San Antonio Judge Nelson Wolf said yesterday he believes the chances of the Marlins moving to San Antonio are fitty-fitty. That's exactly what he said, fitty-fitty. Yeah, well, Major League Baseball doesn't want San Antonio. No, it's too close to Houston. Houston don't want it either. Not only that, but it's but half the, the size. wants to put a team in Hamilton for years and years, and Toronto said, forget about that, eh? Too, too small a market. It's half the size of this. And, by the way, the mayor in Charlotte says that they can't accommodate another major league team there. Right. So these people have it's just, it's just nowhere to go. It's just a threat. And it, it's not much of a threat when nobody cares, you know. We're leaving. Well, guess what? Have a good time. You know, nobody something cares. else Luria said that I thought was kind of interesting. Well, they are off to a good start, though. Luria on our show yesterday talked about location, too. And they shouldn't just jump into one. You know, he says it's... You know, there. Hialeah sounds really good. Yeah, exactly. Look what it did for the track. There's the guy who can do it. John, John Brunetti. Brunetti. <laughs> yeah. He can build on the stadium and he can screw it up in five minutes or less, John Brunetti. Walking curse. And if he can't do it alone, we can get your buddy Raul Sanchez to pitch right in. Raul Martinez. Martinez, excuse me. I was thinking of Ramon Saul Sanchez. Well, let's not get his name wrong. He'll come over and beat the crap out of me. <laughs> he ain't coming. He'll beat the crap out of you. That's right. <laughs> he can't find me. Oh, God. I don't hear anybody speaking Spanish here, man. That's one of the, uh, or French. Parlez vous get lost. Everybody speaking English. All the Chinese people speak English and the Indian people and all the Paki's and the Filipinos. Everybody speaking English here. Maybe not so well, but at least they know they got to do it. They don't put up with that crap. Anything else today? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a short show. You know, we only got two and a half hours. I know. Very depressing to me today and again tomorrow. How's the weather? How's the weather in uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas? That's I already told you the weather in Hot I'm not going to go Oh, yeah, you did. Again. You did. Yeah, 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 it's fine. I gave you a real good report. Low yeah. 80s, sunny, I mean, I, no I caught rain, a cold no tornadoes, no end of the world. Come on now. I gave you a real good the news there. Yeah, I caught a I'm cold in New York, so I need warm yeah, You won't get a cold at 82 or 84, whatever the hell it's going to be. It's going to be sunny and beautiful there. By the way, happy Passover to you. Yeah, happy Pesach to you. You don't eat too much matzah in Hot Springs. Oh, that's right. You're not going till Friday. Yeah, there won't be any matzo well, there. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm going I tomorrow. I bet you there's a... Oh, you're leaving tomorrow? Yeah. I bet you there's a deli on every street corner there. In Hot Springs. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Just like in Geneva, New York. A deli on every I'll street corner. I bet you they corner. don't even just have like rye in, bread in... Just like in Sweetwater. No, it's not allowed there. Have Gary Sarner go with you. He can cater all your meals. <laughs> Make sure they're Sarner. kosher so you don't rot in hell, <laughs> along with all those goyim. Yes. Well, listen... Have yeah. a safe trip tomorrow. Now, who's anybody uh, who's running an Arkansas Derby? Oh, good horse. Lawyer Ron. He's uh, very highly regarded. Remember, the last two three-year-olds of the year came out of that race. Thank God Lawyer Ellis isn't running in that race. He'd probably break down. Ellis Rubin? He's really doing it, you know? Yeah. Remember Ronnie Zamora, who just got out here a short time ago? Sure, Ellis. No, I think Lionel Tate is going in where Ronnie was uh, hanging out for uh, 25 years. Could have been worse. Yeah, it's it could have really gotten amazing life. to show you how long we've both been around here when... 
When I first came to town to KAT, that was right when the Ronnie Zamora case was going, after he killed, who was it, his grandma or the old lady, whoever it was. I just remember Somewhere. the defense, the television. Thing. Yeah, the, the TV intoxication. And yeah. at that time, I, everybody, including me, ripping Ellison ass, and deservedly so. And, and now Ronnie Zamora finally got out after 25 years. That really worked well, uh, Ellis. And now Lionel Tate is going to go for, uh, for uh, the pizza thief. You know, speaking of pizza type, <laughs> if he's going to go in for like 60 years, how come the other guy don't go in? Yeah, 60 years for being a uh, pie burglar, it seems, sounds reasonable to me. All for me! Yeah. <laughs> oh, if anybody deserves it, he was the guy. Although he warned us before that he uh, came to town, he said, boy, this guy, he's so bad he can't get arrested in a panty raid. Well, oh, and speaking of that, you know, all these times I've been letting you off the hook because I keep forgetting, being old and senile, about Duke. That's yeah. your alma mater. Yes, I'm proud. You ought to be proud. Forty-seven guys raped that poor chick, and then her brother gets up there yesterday. And, well, you know, they're all talking about she's a stripper and this and that. She, how come nobody says she's a mother and a hard worker and all this other crap? Duke lacrosse never got so much attention. Yeah, that's right. This is the well. This is a way to get on the map for the lacrosse. You know, yeah. lacrosse in the U.S. isn't very big. It's amazing. That's the ESPN has two guys reporting from there every day from the campus. Yeah, two guys. Well, well, this is the this is the big story du jour. This is this is replaced. You know, why the hell would we want to talk about the fact that we're going to you know nuke Iran? That's not important when we got the a rape story at Duke. Well, this ESPN, I can, but, you know, I, I can understand the chicken Aruba. Some well, coverage. How about ESPN and Barry Bonds? Wouldn't you think with baseball season starting, yeah. it would be a bigger story still? Barry Bonds has uh, got his own show. Does he really? Yeah. He's still, they've got a reality show with Barry Bonds. bigger than the T.O. show across the street there. It has to be just to get his face on the camera. Yeah. But, you know, uh, ABC this morning, I can't hear what they were doing, but they had an attorney on there talking about the Duke lacrosse team in that case. I mean, it's the most overkill story. Right, that's correct. It, it, it's the hysterical story du jour. The media picks one out every few days, and they go with it. Yep. And we're supposed to get all whipped up about it. I couldn't give a crap less. It's not going to make me... Contribute no, any more money to Duke or any less money? Well. I don't contribute anyway, any money. Anyway, the world can't believe that we had the crow on in broad daylight before opening day, the only day of the whole year that the Marlins are going to have a crowd. We had the crow on here. Putting it's called putting your worst foot forward. Well, listen, uh, good luck job hunting. I mean, good luck on your uh, trip to <laughs> to Arkansas. Thank you, sir. Find something for me too while you're at it. By the way, some I'm uh, I work cheap. You uh, ventured into that part of the country at one point. Well, you went to Nashville, didn't you? Nashville for one month. Yeah. That was the longest month of my lifetime. I remember Casper sent you there, right? Yeah. No, he didn't send me there. I volunteered oh, yeah. to go there because he went, he went to take over that station. Great yeah. station, WLAC, 50,000 watts in Nashville. John Richburg used to be on that station, remember? In the yeah. 50s, that was 50,000 watts. You could hear all over the country. It was the old soul R&B. It was one of the first rock and roll stations, but back in that day, it was R&B. And their number one sponsor was Palm Aid. That stuff that you put, the dark folks put in their hair, whatever that stuff was. Like Vaseline for your hair. At any rate, uh, we made it into News and Talk, WLAC, Nashville. And we, we were getting calls from like 40, uh, I think we had calls from 40 states. Because at nighttime, I was on at night, you could hear that station all over the place. <laughs> I remember One that. month, that's all I could handle Nashville, man. Yep. All right, my, land, my landlady, she said, oh, you're going to love Nashville. There's two kinds of people. There's people from Nashville, and then there's people from New York, which was her way of saying Jews. She didn't know they hate Jews. Jews. Ooh. Jews and dark folks, man, they're not too big on that in Nashville. Didn't find too many delis either. 
So listen, have a great day. I'll talk yes, to sir. you tomorrow. You're not leaving until after the show tomorrow to Arkansas. Uh, actually, I'm leaving an hour early tomorrow. I got I got a plane to get. It's not easy to get the hot well, who's, springs. So who's going to be on from uh, nine to ten? I don't know. I only told them a week ago. Oh no. Maybe not, David not, Sampson. Not David Thampson. <laughs> no, I don't think How so. How about Delilah? Now we're talking puck with Crow. <laughs> there you go. Well, like I said, have a safe trip and a happy Pesach. See ya, you too. Okay. The views expressed on the previous programs are those of the host, Solid. guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the BBC. We're going down the queue with Clarabelle, folks. Not going to be a fun ride either. I can smell it already. We won the World Series. We won the World Series. <laughs> Hi, I'm David Sampson, and I used to sound like this until I met that queen at Supercut. <sighs> I'm looking for a new home for my world champion, Marlins. And I don't like sharing a stadium with big, stinky football players. <clears throat> I had my heart set on a new stadium. But my dreams were all dashed because of that Hank Goldberg. Well, it's not going to happen now. And it's all your fault, Hank. All your fault. <laughs> Some certain will be welcomed as liberators with flowers and candy in a new city like uh, San Antonio. <laughs> Put that in your pink pipe and smoke it, huh? If you don't want the Marlins anymore, I'll just take them home with me, open myself to play in my own backyard. So put that in your lost column, Florida. And remember, there's nothing more important than life than the grab-ass factory of man-on-man sports. Looking for a home for the Marlins or a home a rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) Josh was right. That was worth the schlepping down to get the disc for. Thank you so much. Yes, Miguel, by the way, is an idiot. And we'll get to him. Miguel is right there, as a matter of fact. We're not going to rip him behind his back. I'll be more than happy to rip him to his face. He tells me that they had the uh, CDs out there at the ballpark yesterday. But, of course, he says nobody asked for them. That's because nobody, including me or anybody else, just like Hank said, knew that they were there. But we can have them out there today for you. Not that there's going to be anybody at the ball game, but we can have uh, those discs out there. We can raise thousands. They're everywhere. Five more American soldiers have been killed in Iraq, including three killed uh, north of Baghdad, the U.S. military says. So just keep, uh, get that calculator up, keep tallying them up. Just numbers on a page somewhere. 1016 at 560 WQM, we got the uh, big Marlins game. We got the pregame at 1230. No crow today, thank the Lord. Oh, man. Marlins and Padres 105 with those nasty, pasty Padre uniforms. They look like uh, little, little league uniforms. Mad Dog follows the ball game and then hurricane stuff tonight. Curtis, 8 o'clock, and Eddie K at 10. Hurricane stuff, only 7 to 8. Thank the Lord for that. I've been telling you about dial mattress for about 100 years now, and they're outstanding service. If you ever thought that dialing 1-800-MATTRESS on the phone was easy, check them out on the web. It's even easier. Mattress.com. You shop whenever and wherever you want. When you log on to dial mattress's mattress.com page, you'll see the extensive product line from Sealy, Serta, Simmons, King Coral, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns, and Foster Hewitt. You'll also see photos, prices, and a whole lot more. You can do the whole ordering process online, or after you visit Dial a Mattress, call 1-800-MATTRESS, place your order, you'll schedule delivery anytime it's convenient for you, and they show up to our window that you pick any day of the week. And right now, take advantage of Dial a Mattress's great 12-month financing program. When you call Dial a Mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS, you get factory direct prices lower than the chain stores, even during their so-called big sales. 
So call right now, 1-800-MATTRESS. It's the official mattress company of my show, Dollar Mattress. Call them and speak with an expert betting consultant or log on to mattress.com to guarantee yourself the best sleep you've had in a long, long time. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off the last S because it stands for San Diego in those grotesque uniforms. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Marlins? Who the hell are the Marlins? Right now on Entertainment Tonight... Tom, what's this I hear about Scientology and women giving birth? The woman can't make any noise. She can't make any noise, and she can't take anything for pain? Yeah. So what's Kate going to do? I want Kate to be as calm and quiet as possible. Do you know what it feels like to have a baby? Yes, I do. Kate has got to be... Quiet as possible. So what are you going to be doing when Kate's giving birth? Jumping on couches. Have the decent pace off. Yeah, have a happy pace off, Tommy. 21- past 10. I'm sure the Scientologists celebrate. Here's our poll. we got to really talk fast. we only got a couple of hours. Probably squeeze in a whole bunch of calls if they ever start showing up. What do you think? Sure, why not? Don't forget, Miguel says we got a whole bunch of those uh, about 30, about 30 man. t-shirts out there. Is it Gate F? Yep. For uh, the second game. We had 31,000 yesterday. What? All season long. Oh, all season long. Be anywhere anybody ever sees the van, just crash into it and we'll give you a CD. Okay. Here's the poll results, speaking of those CDs. Why didn't or won't you buy Neil's anniversary CD and or T-shirt? 1,453 total. A lot of liars. Oh, I did. I did buy it. 357. 24.5%. At least we got that percentage down from the grotesque lie that it was the beginning of the show yesterday. About 30. About 30, man. But even 24.5%. I mean, is there anybody who believes that? No. Why do they have to lie about it? Do they think we're going to come to their house and beat them up or something? It's trying to make you feel it? better. But it doesn't make me feel better that they lied. It would have made me feel better if they bought it, not that they lie about it. Liars. Too cheap. I'm too cheap. 276. That I respect, okay, because we know most of you. I don't want that Schmidt. 239. That crap. I hate this pool. 157. I don't have any cash. 129. Please, no more charity shtick. 113. That's what I voted for. No mas. Please. Neil's not here to sign it. That's what Miguel said. It's my fault. 89. Well, yeah. Well, what does that have to do with anything, whether I'm there to sign it? People want to see you. I don't want to see them. <laughs> Stole the CD. They downloaded it. They burned it. They uh, they lifted it. They liars. did something. Liars. 39. Liars. What? Liars. What do you mean, liars? I've tried that. You can't find it anywhere. Yeah, but in other words, you don't think people actually buy one and they burn a whole bunch of them for their friends? Well, if they're doing that, then they're bastards. Well, yeah, but at least they admit it. But you, in other words, you don't know that that goes on? Of course they're bastards. They, they, well, man, you're living in a... Of course, what do you expect from you? Yeah. It yeah. sucks, 27. Is uh, Josh there and he leave? No, I'm here, man. I'm no, just, uh, just eating my Howie's bacon over here. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Don't want to interrupt your breakfast. No, I'm here, man. Uh, the CD sucks, 27, and don't give the charity, 27. So that's what the, you folks had to say. It makes an ugly picture, and Miguel won't tell me how much money we got. That's because he and the guy that's uh, doing the thing are probably divvying it up. So be sure and send a lot of money because Miguel can use it. Well, yeah. Here's today's pool. Who is the weakest link on QAM? We're talking about on the year. I didn't put myself on there because obviously that would be over and above the call. I don't mind taking some punishment on the polls, but that would be a little bit silly, wouldn't you think? Yeah. The weakest link on QAM, 570 votes. Lenny Martez, 136. Lenny Martez. Now, you notice now that we got the new management, we don't put the people with the bad voices on here anymore? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yes, we do. Even more than we used to put them on. 
So it's got nothing to do with who the clown of the day is or the general manager du jour. I should have said, leave off the last S, it stands for Sundin. But unfortunately, in South Florida, they wouldn't know Matt's Sundin from floor mats. So why would I say that? Lenny Martez, 138. The Crow, 124, who was on right there in the middle of the daytime yesterday before the Marlins opening day game. When we might have been the a, toilet, man? Might have been a little bit of interest, and there might have been a few people listening, and we actually had him on here. So you know this is all a clearance thing, you know? Strictly uh, clearance, Ooh. being the clown of the year. Manny Ramirez, the big old red blowers in there. Yeah. He blows all right. Yeldy, 109, very strong and respectable third. That's why we got him on the air so much is because people... See, there's the three worst voices on the radio station. Lenny Martez, the Crow, and Gildy. All up there with over 100 votes. Isn't that interesting? When you ask who's the weakest link, the audience knows. They know those three people right there who don't belong on the air. To say hello, maybe to say goodbye once, but not to say nothing else. George has got 71. That's because a lot of people hate him like poison. But he's, uh, he's coming along. Kimbo Camper, 39. Hank, 36, the big O, 18, Curtis, 14, Eddie K, 11, and Mad Dog, 10. Now, see, Curtis only has 14 votes. Is that a sign? Yeah, it's a sign that the audience uh, don't mind Curtis on the air. He does a pretty good job, and he's not over the age of 100, and he's not Jewish, and that they wouldn't mind hearing him. That's why we have Gildy on all the time, 2 to 4, while they're still dragging their heels trying to figure out how they're going to make chopped liver out of dog crap, you know? But that's the new uh, Clarabelle routine, man. we got a real bunch of clowns running this joint. If you don't believe me, just ask Joyce. She's on vacation, though, Joyce. She's going on vacation. Permanent, we can only hope. Don't pray. I hope your plane don't crash, Joyce. And by the way, I think she's going on the same plane with Catherine Harris. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 a.m. Hey, Pam! If all these ex-employees were there at this big shindig, how about Greg? Was he there yesterday at the uh, opening day? He sent an ex-employee. Oh, he sent his uh, buddy Sam, his uh, adopted uh, grandson? Well, he's still a consultant. Who's Sam? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he's a consultant now, but I bet he's still on the payroll. 593 votes. Who is the weakest link on QM? Speaking of weak links, there's Condor Leeser. 
Uh, when it oh, man, is she a nasty-looking bitch. Brother. Oh, that's Dr. Rice to you. By the way, how's your girlfriend doing, Condo? Lenny Martez, 146. The Crow, 126. Geldy, 112. George, 75. He's down a little bit more toward the middle of the pack, even though a lot of people hate him like poison. Kimba Vocamper, 40. Hank, 38. The Big O, 19. Curtis, only 15. They like Curtis. That's why we don't put him on very much. Eddie K, 13. And the Mad Dog, only 11, of course. I don't even know why I put the Mad Dog on there. Well, of course, after that last trend, you know, they're destroying as many careers as they possibly can. 600 votes even. We won't make no thousand during the show today. But Josh has volunteered, being the good guy that he is, who's very involved in this show, at least temporarily. He's uh, he's volunteered to sit there until 2 o'clock. That's what I'm going to do. Right. Even after the ball game starts at 1230, the pregame show, because he wants to make sure that we get that thousand votes by 2. So just keep tapping the votes out to make uh, Josh happy. I don't really give a crap. I'll be at Woodbine plunging my guts out. In fact, let's see, 600, that's probably how much I'll be down by about 2 o'clock. I'm sure. Maybe more. Well, how do you know that? Why are you so negative? Maybe I'll find a good machine, man. Well, let's heard... take a quick call or two. Let's uh, hype up a couple of calls on here quick. 5670560, oh, and then I'll get to my pile, and then we'll be out of here. This is the kind of show we can really sink our teeth into. Just stop and think about this. This is what Mandich does every day and what Hank used to do every day. Well, he still Hank does only three hours. The Mario's like we're doing only two hours. Got another plane to catch. Two and a half hours a day, man. We can do the best damn shows in history here. Every single day. Two and a half. Sounds like a deal to me. Oh! I'll extend my contract till the year 2525 for two and a half hours a day. Wouldn't that be good? I like same, that a lot. Same money, of course. Josh gets a big fat raise. How's your, how are you coming on uh, George's contract? <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> Yeah, I'm just I'm just talking in general, like uh, generically, to the human race. Uh-huh. WQAM, hello. QAM. Hello, Neil. Wonderful. WQAM, hello. QAM. Neil, good morning. Yes. Uh-huh. Neil, yesterday uh, you had read an article regarding uh, that impeachment article. You still there? Is this Reverend Jones' boyfriend? No, you thought it was you thought it was Reverend Jones yesterday. That's the second time in a couple you years. You sound exactly. You sound just like him. Uh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I didn't take a personal... <laughs> no, that article. Do you remember who... I mean... It's not like yeah, get out of here. Go look at the archives. Go look online, okay? Do I remember? Of course not. Jesus, God Almighty. What about the article you read about uh, the 14th of December, uh, 2004? Do you remember that? That was really very uh, poignant and important. Can you tell me who wrote it and where I can find it and where I can stick it? Rectum. Get out of here. I got it right here. Yeah, I got it right in my hand, okay, in the article, too, schmuck. Get out of here. WQAM, your friendly station. Hello. Yeah, how you doing? Pretty good. Hey, I have an idea to uh, uh, goose up your your rating numbers. Yeah. Don't play no more Marlins games, man. <laughs> nobody, no, nobody we like wants the Marlins, man. Sport. We like the, Mar- we like the Marlins games starting at 10:30. We don't care about ratings anymore because we don't have them left anyhow. We're all done. Everybody on the station's done. Thanks to thanks to Clara Bell and his partner in crime there, Clarence. Clarence, who of course didn't bother coming in this morning. He and Robert Grieper have a little. Uh, they're holding a little meat. In the uh, conference room. 5670560. Oh, they have a little sit down in each other's lap. And pound 560 in the Verizon Singular Wireless line. That was quite a line he gave me about uh, Robert. He told Robert Grieper to have Geldy call me yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a joke that is. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Then we found out that Geldy is even cheaper than Rimmer, which I couldn't believe that. QAM, hello. Neil A. Yes, sir. First thing, come to Sirius so we can enjoy you. Number two, I'm all the way down to the Marlin game so I can make sure I get a parking spot. Uh-huh. WQAM, hello. 
QAM. Hey, how you doing? Okay. Uh, I got two things. Yes, sir. Last week, that woman kept calling you. Right, that bitch. You were being stalked after yeah. a fashion. Uh-huh. Anyhow, there's this book out about the World Trade Center. Did you uh, hear about it? About how it's not possible that the jet fuel could have melted. The Sir, steel. I got a story here. You must be psychic. Physicist says heat substance caused the World Trade Center to fall. Yes, sir. That's the one. Got it right here. Okay, thank you so much. I'll uh, get into that. I mean, it's not about a book, but in fact, I'm going to read it right now. That, that's a good segue, so I have to waste my time with these stupid calls. But anyway, it shows you the phone work today anyway, right? Yeah. Well, I don't have time for a lot of calls today. We only got like less than two more hours. Oh, but they're all so great. The calls? You, I'll tell you what, you take them off the air. How's that? In fact, i got an idea. Since you like to call so much, how about you start screening them today? He's never screened the call yet. That's that's terrible. I you never screened one no. call? No, the never. First, first of all, I, okay, don't listen to this guy who's never on the show. For the first two weeks I was on the show, I screened yeah. calls. Liar. I'm not lying. Uh-oh. I think we're going to uh, hissy, or is it a sissy fight? <laughs> a sissy fight. I'll come in there. Yeah. you're gonna He's going to come in there, and I'm afraid to think what he's going to do to you. Anyway, here's the story. Just, just quit sidetracking me, okay, just because he don't want to hear it. I don't care whether you, I, I'll say it again. I said it on the air yesterday, and with you sitting there right now, I'm going to be there the rest of the week. I don't care whether you like the stories. But I don't do the show for you. If I did the show for you and the people of your mentality, I'd have been out of business a long time ago, okay, Mr. Hotshot? Hey, I know you don't care. What I mean, I just gave you a real good sampling of what the calls are going to be like today. First of all, it's Pesach. You got Easter Friday. People are busy uh, wiping the ashes off their forehead for Friday. And then you got Easter Sunday. You got Good Friday, Bad Friday, Easter Sunday, and even Easter Monday. As they say in uh, Siberia, every month can Gunnerstick. It's another uh, Goyesha holiday. I, it's just amazing. Good Friday, Bad Friday, Ash Wednesday, Easter Sunday, and, uh, and then, of course, for the Jews, we got Pesach. Have to have a little something for everybody. What are the Muslims celebrating besides another terrorist act? See, that's what they got going now. I don't know if they have all that many holidays. Maybe, maybe we can redo Ramadan. 616, baby. We can get to 700 by uh, closing time at 1230, can't we? Let's get the crow on again today. What do you say? Oh! Really put us out of business. Seriously, I talked to people yesterday who were just aghast. They, they couldn't believe that. You know, they, they figured, well, maybe on a weekend you put that on. You know, on, on a weekend when nobody would be listening to the radio and everybody's sleeping, right. like about five, 5 in the morning on a Sunday morning, he'd be okay. But right there in broad daylight in the middle of the day, we put the crow on the air. I'll tell you, man, this, this new guy, even, even Miguel, no, I take that back, Even because Miguel's got some kind of a title. Even Josh Cordes sitting right there has got more authority. He can get more done than our new general mangler. How do you like that? So you know something? Make your make your own deal. That's what I would do. Yeah, I'd have yeah. I'd, I'd just type it up. That's all. Type it up and send it over there, and uh, just slip it on by. It wouldn't be the first time. Just tell them this is what your new wage is going to be, starting uh, retroactive to whenever, and just make your own deal. Because uh, you know, this guy talk about a straw boss. My God, just pathetic. Anyway, I guess we got to do the break because I don't want to get behind here today because we got some very important music to go up to the ballgame. Oh, yeah. They're back in town. Well, I, w- I would say the boys are back in town, but these boys, other than Don Trell and the Cabrera, these are guys that nobody ever heard of before. I mean, we're supposed to be proud of the fact that they put a little league team out there in the field that's lost five of their first six and will never, ever, ever come close to winning 70 games. That kind of was on the, with that promo with Hank. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother, 70 games, maybe for two seasons, okay? Yeah. Now we're talking a chance. 
And they have the the gall. The, the, the David Sampson, man, talk about a guy with a lot of... Boy, does he have a lot of chutzpah. A lot of nerve chewing people out for not going to pay money to see that crap. If you were paying them money, they still wouldn't show up, you idiot. They have a, they have a fire sale. They trade away everybody. Now there's rumors about Don Trell may get traded, too. Did you see those rumors? I'm sure he will. Yeah, well, there you go. I can't afford to pay that. It's got like 1,500 people showing up a game. Even here with a crappy uh, Blue Jays, man. Blue Jays haven't won anything in about 100 years since those glorious two years they had. Remember those years, a zillion years ago? The Joe Carter years. Who? You don't know Joe Carter? Oh, Joe Carter. Yeah, don't start talking with uh, some kind of an accent, okay? Don't do accents. Well. Joe Carter. Next you're going to be talking about, uh, what's his name? The, uh, Gary Carter. I know Gary Carter. A, huh? Good born-again, Rimmer's good buddy. He probably bought Rimmer a lot of meals. Good born-again Christian Gary Carter. Well, you know what? Great. Keep it to yourself, okay? Just like my neighbor Cindy. Keep it to yourself. Pray to the Lord, okay? 24-7, round the clock. Jesus Christ. Keep That's right. Keep Jesus in your heart and out of my face. This is Neil Rogers. Rectum. This is 562 AM. Who's going to give Ricky a blow? Well, welcome to the Mohammed David Memory Law Center. How can I help you today? Come on, spill it. I ain't got all day. I forgot. How the hell do you expect to rig me to do anything there for you? Do what to me? Whatever it is that did it. Say, didn't you wake on the radio? It could be. Uh, I must have blocked it out. Who are you? Never mind that. What are you doing here? I didn't know I was. Well, you are now. So, uh... Welcome to the Mohammed and David Memory Law Center. How can I help you today? Uh -huh. I said... Uh, uh, was that you I said that to? I can't think. I don't... What? 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 You think maybe we ought to get a job in sports radio? Certainly. What makes you so sure? Your hand is rubbing my leg. <laughs> Why, you... I ought to... Wait a minute, son. What was I going to do? Oh, that reminds me. Ten forty-five at five sixty. Yeah, that would have been good for Gildy to come by. Could have given him a yeah, a big kiss on the cheek. A Brigham Young University physicist said he now believes an incendiary substance called thermite, bolstered by sulfur, was used to generate exceptionally hot fires at the World Trade Center on 9/11, causing the structural steel to fail and the buildings to collapse. It looks like thermite with sulfur added, which really is a very clever idea, Stephen Jones, professor of physics at BYU, told a meeting of the Utah Academy of Science, Arts, and Letters at Snow College on Friday. The government requires standard explosives to contain tag elements, enabling them to be traced back to the manufacturers, but no tags are required in aluminum and iron oxide, the materials used to make thermite, he said. Nor, he said, are tags required in sulfur. Jones is co-chairman with James H. Fetzer, a distinguished professor of philosophy at the University of Minnesota Scholars for 9-11 Truth, a group of college faculty members who believe conspirators other than pilots of the planes were directly involved in bringing down the Twin Towers. The group, which Jones said is 200 members, maintains a website at st911.org, st911.org. A 40-page paper by Jones, along with other peer-reviewed, non-reviewed academic papers, are posted on that site. What's the site again? st911.org. I just mentioned that in passing. Last year, Jones presented various arguments for his theory that explosives or incendiary devices were planted in the trade uh, towers and in the World WTC 7, uh, 7, Building 7, the smaller building in the Trade Center complex, and that those materials, not planes crashing into the buildings, caused the buildings to collapse. At that time, he mentioned thermite as the possible explosive or incendiary agent, but Friday he said he's increasingly convinced that thermite and sulfur were the root causes of the 9-11 disaster. 
He told college professors and graduate students from throughout Utah gathered for the academy meeting that while almost no fire, even one ignited by jet fuel, can cause structural steel to fail, the combination of thermite and sulfur slices through steel like a hot knife through butter. He ticked off, that's like the kind of butter you'd put on your matzah. He ticked off several pieces of evidence for his thermite fire theory. First, he said, video showed a yellow molten substance splashing off the side of the South Trade Tower about 50 minutes after an airplane hit it and a few minutes before it collapsed. Government investigators ruled out the possibility of melting steel being the source of the material because of the unlikelihood of steel melting. The investigators said the molten material must have been aluminum from the plane. But, said Joe, Jones, molten aluminum is silvery. It never turns yellow. The substance observed in the videos just isn't aluminum, he said, but he said thermite can cause steel to melt and become yellowish. Second, he cited video pictures showing white ash rising from the South Tower near dripping liquefied material, metal. When thermite burns, Jones said, it releases aluminum oxide ash. The presence of both yellow, white, molten iron and aluminum oxide ash are signature characteristics of a thermite reaction, he'd be saying. Another item of evidence, Jones said, is the fact that sulfur traces were found in structural steel recovered from the trade towers. Jones quoted the New York Times as saying, Sulfidization in the recovered steel was perhaps the deepest mystery uncovered in the official investigation. But, he said, Sulfidization fits the theory that sulfur was combined with thermite to make the thermite burn even hotter than it ordinarily would. Jones said, in other words, it was hotter than hell, literally. Jones said a piece of the building wreckage had a gray substance on the outside that at one point had obviously been a dripping molten metal or liquid. He said that after thermite turns steel or iron into molten form and the metal hardens, it is gray. He added that pools of molten metal were found beneath both trade towers and the 47-story WTC-7. That fact, he said, was never discussed in official investigation reports. And even though WTC-7 wasn't connected to the trade towers, in fact, there was another building between it and the towers, and even though it was never hit by a plane, it still collapsed. That suggests, he said, that it came down because of a thermite fire caused by its structural steel to fail. Jones said his studies are confined to physical causes of the collapses and doesn't like to speculate about who might have entered the buildings and placed thermite and sulfur. But he said 10 to 20 people in the know, plus other people who didn't know what they were doing but did what they were told, could have placed incendiary packages over a period of several weeks. That's what he... He's saying. You think the government would lie to us, do you? Oh, no. Well, isn't that interesting? What a segue into a Doug Thompson's article on Capitol Hill Blue today. Well, I better talk real fast because we only got till 1230. What kind of a bogus bunch of crap is that? Man, can you imagine how those Marling ratings are going to goose up our number? Wow. Almost as much as those hurricane basketball games. Man. I think there ought to be an asterisk on those deals. 644 votes. Who's the weakest link on QAM? Lenny Martez, 157. The Crow, 137. And Geldy, 118. Just people who can't speak. No speaker. Can't, uh, George, 83. Kimbo Camper, 45. Hank, 40. Big O, 22. Curtis, only 18. Eddie K, 13. Mad Dog, 11. They seem to like Curtis quite a bit, don't they? Yes, they seem to. And we all seem to think he does a really good job on here. So we don't want to put him on too much, although he will be on 8 to 10 tonight. Yeah, the audience likes him, so let's put Geldy on every day. See if we. Yeah, I think I think what they're trying to do. Maybe somebody gave them a number to beat. You know what I mean? The new the new crew. What do you mean? In other words, we bet you guys couldn't break a two, on the bottom side, on the downside, like like an office pool. You know. Hmm. They're saying, oh, you want to bet? Because in the last trend, morning drive and afternoon drive, both of them uh, we in, in that month, whatever it was, what was it, February? Yes. We broke uh, the two on the downside. Which, if you, if you would have told me that, I said, oh, yeah, right. No chance. Well, we did it. Like David Sampson would say, we done it. We Isn't did we... it! We did it! Yeah, thanks, David. Back in the box. 
Doug Thompson, in fact, uh, what was I just saying about your government wouldn't lie to you? The headline of the article is uh, Lies, Damn Lies, and George W. Bush. No doubt about it, George W. Bush's lying, rotten, putrid, soulless destruction of a once great nation called America is now open for all to see. He's doing America kind of like what Joe Bell is doing to QAM. Bush is not just a liar, he's a serial liar who avoids truth at all costs because facts don't support his perverted, twisted view of the world. Truth exposes his corrupt administration and lays bare as many crimes against the American people and the Constitution of the USA. Impeachment? Nah, too good for this lowlife. Arrest the son of a bitch, lead him from the White House in chains, parade him down Pennsylvania Avenue, and then lock him in stocks on the Washington Mall so everyone can see what happens when anyone thinks they're above the law of the land. Today's Washington Post lays out yet another example of how Bush lied to the American people, detailing a deliberate White House pattern of misinformation on the so-called biological warfare trailers captured soon after American forces invaded Iraq. Turns out the trailers had nothing to do with biological warfare. Intelligence officers in the field knew it. They told the White House, yet Bush ignored the truth and went before the American people to claim otherwise, trumpeting the trailers as proof that Saddam possessed weapons of mass destruction. The good old WMDs. I hate to admit it, but it appears clear the president of the U.S. is a pathological liar, says political scientist George Harley, who worked in the Nixon and Reagan administrations. His pattern of deception exceeds anything we saw in the Nixon era. Members of Congress, Republican and Democrat, admit the same thing, shaking their heads in disbelief while talking privately with supporters and political strategists. The biggest threat any Republican running for election or re-election this year faces is not from the Democrats, but from the president, says a GOP political consultant who, for obvious reasons, begs for anonymity. Please. George W. Bush is a major liability to Republicans in the midterm election, he said. When news broke last week that Bush personally authorized a White House campaign of leaks aimed at discrediting Ambassador Joe Wilson a campaign that led to the outing of Wilson's wife, Republicans scrambled for cover. Sunday talk show producers tried without success to find a Republican willing to go on there and defend the president. The only Republican who did appear, Maverick, Pennsylvania Senator Arlen Inspector, didn't defend Bush's actions but called instead on both the president and the vice president to come clean about their roles in the CIA leak debacle. Bush's actions clearly have left Republicans in uncomfortable and untenable positions, Harley says. They don't want to alienate voters by aligning themselves too closely with an increasingly unpopular president, but they've also got to be careful not to alienate their GOP base. Polls, however, show the GOP base dwindling as more, just like our numbers here at QAM, dwindling as more and more Republicans realize they've been had by the charlatan-in-chief. Even diehard Republicans find it harder and harder to defend their corrupt and morally bankrupt leader, admitting privately that the presidency of George W. Bush will go down in history as a monumental failure, surpassing those dark days of Richard M. Nixon, Tricky Dick. The Nixon administration has now for 30 years been the baseline to measure failure in the Republican Party, says Harley. No more. George W. Bush has lowered the bar. Now, interesting. Wasn't I just talking about that? Just like Joe Bell has lowered the bar QAM, and so has George W. Bush. In terms of lying. Oh, and speaking of lying Republicans, now, did you put this on? I'm sure you did because I sent it to you and you always put them on. Yeah. About Ann Coulter? Yes, I did. The, this uh, is a very... Huh? I forgot what the uh, the title was, but... Uh, Ann Coulter's felonious Florida voter registration application. That's right. And that one? Oh, i got to take a drink. See, kids, that's what happens when you try to talk too fast because you got a stupid pregame show coming up at 1230. GOP Darling seems to be the latest in a growing list of Republicans who choose to ignore the rule of law. And then it's got a copy of the oath that you have to swear to and sign. Uh, that's the oath next to the signature of Ann Coulter, who on 6-15-05 filled out her Florida voter registration application form as ex obtained exclusively by the Brad blog 
After purchasing her new $1.8 million house at 242 Seabreeze Avenue in Palm Beach County in March of 2005, the warranty deed for the house was signed over to Coder on March 30, 2005. March 30th. About 30, man. By the previous owners, Eric Stonestrom and his wife, Lucinda Pascali Stonestrom. In February of this year, Josie Lambeat, our good old buddy Josie. Remember him, bald-headed geek? Yeah. Miguel would. Is Miguel yeah. there or he leave? No, I'm here. I know. No. Why? Josie Lambie to the Palm Beach Post reported that Coulter, the extremist Republican columnist and author, seems to have committed voter fraud by registering and then voting in a Palm Beach, Florida precinct in which she does not live. She registered to vote for reasons which still remain unclear at the address of her realtor, Susan Frisbee. Well, maybe she's tossing that Frisbee around a little bit. You never know. She got a husband that we know of, Ann? No. No. Boyfriend? No. Nobody... Well, she had to have a boyfriend, Miss Fudge. Nobody could go out with that. Kidding me? Miss Fudge. You fairy! Coulter has maintained when asked about the incident during recent public appearances that the report is a lie, and she doesn't even live in Palm Beach. Lambie has since characterized these denials by Coulter as absolutely a bold-faced lie. Bold-faced that it. Various information obtained by the Brad blog, however, would seem to back up Lambie's account, which shows the liar in the matter is, in fact, Coulter. The radical darling of GOP speaking and fundraising circuit did, in fact, purchase a house at 242 Seabreeze Drive in Palm Beach, as reported correctly by the Palm Beach County Property Appraisers website and confirmed by several different sources, including the warranty deed signed on March 30, 2005. Meanwhile, Coulter's official Florida voter registration application form received from the Office of the Palm Beach County Election Supervisor confirms that she specified 999 Indian Road as her legal residence despite never having lived there. And this goes on and on. It's got copies of all the documents and all the photos of them, et cetera. If you want to go back to, to the link in the original article there from uh, Raw Story and the Brad blog. Good old Ann Coulter. Not, not that we didn't know that. She's another compulsive BS artist and liar. Just full of it. Just like all the right-wingers. And, of course, there's so much holier and better than the rest of us. Of course. We know that, don't we? Mm-hmm. 10.56, my God, is it only an hour and a half away from pregame showtime? Oh! Holy crap, rat man. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah, I believe it. Man, we better just move this baby right along. 663 votes. I, th- I think we got a shot at 800 by 1230. What do you say? Should we make that our goal? Sounds good. 800 by 1230. Well, actually, let's make it 1,000 so I don't have to sit here, you know, after the show. Let's push it. I don't think Miguel needs to sit there for uh, the rest of the time, do you? No, what, what, what are you laughing about? You don't need to be there now. You probably could do something constructive, like go out to lunch early or go to the ballpark. Go, go sell some CDs. <laughs> What? Yeah, he should. He should do something, but you don't need to be sitting there like some kind of a prisoner, like you're paying penance for being a jackass. You don't have to do that. We like your personal just business. You suck. Yeah, go go do another appearance at one of those places in Little Havana there with all your people. Okay, I'll have Greed Toothle with Ramon Saul Sanchez and Mary, Mary S. Agrisias. By the way, somebody called and asked yesterday whatever happened or would you know since that's uh, right up your alley. Oh, yeah, I know. Mary, Mary asked, Greasy asked, whatever happened to her? I have no idea. Didn't she get married to some punk? <laughs> <laughs> what was that sound, Josh? That was a raspberry, I think. Oh, is that what it was? Sounded like the same sound that uh, Tommy made, only it smelled <laughs> a little bit more pungent. Probably the guacamole. With lightning quick speeds, the latest features in security. <laughs> you know, the change of season causes all these allergens in the air, you know? <sighs> Man. Even though I take my Allegro religiously, I think I'm starting to gag on it. With lightning quick speeds, the latest features and security, Comcast high-speed internet leaves DSL in the dust. And today you can get on board for just $9.95 a month for two months with an always-on connection speed of 6 megabytes. Comcast high-speed internet is up to four times faster than DSL 1.5 and up to 100 times faster than dial-up. 
Whether you're downloading music, watching streaming video, playing online games, or just surfing your favorite sites, Comcast Reliable Fast Connection means you'll be flying through the Internet just like I'm taking another swig here. <coughs> oh. Plus, when you sign up for Comcast High-Speed Internet, you get instant access to free features like the fan, video mail, Comcast Rhapsody Radio Plus, and up to seven personal email accounts, just to name a few of these things. Not only that, but you also get McAfee security tools included, so you can be assured that your Internet experience will always be safe and secure. All of these things. So what are you waiting for? Start doing more faster than ever before. Sign up for Comcast High-Speed Internet today for just $9.95 a month for two months. You wonder how you ever managed to get along without it. In Dade, call 305-COMCAST, and in... In Broward, call 954-COMCAST. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Yeah, this is a poly spam a lot of corporate marketing consultant. The uh, blackmailable mayonnaise these uh, mazamots are hiring for Homeland Security leaves uh, things of a criminal nature, let's say, wide open. Like uh, mail fraud, for instance. Get one of these in the mail lately. Official business of the Federal Office of Foreclosure. This means you. Open immediately. You're pre-qualified for a new low-interest loan. <laughs> yeah, that's my idea. Fully spam a lot of it. And get this, it works. The matter gone for for this garbage. Official business from the United States Office of Tax Evading Deadbeats. Open immediately or die. Rebuy today and you'll be eligible for big discounts on a rental car. <laughs> we have your five-year-old daughter in the basket. If you don't want her skins alive, please open immediately, mommy. Say, how would you like a new line of credit, huh? <laughs> you, didn't we? Uh, let the government we have now uh, wring their hands about their own political paranoia, and we'll take it from here. The Department of Homeland Obscurity has determined you are eligible to have jumper cables attached to your nipples. Open immediately. Say, how would you like to have a six-month supply of John Boehner pills? For more information on this and other scams, contact me through my offshore website. He puts the lotion in the basket. It's 11.04 at 560 WQM. Marlins on deck at 1230. Game two of the Marlins and Padres series, man. It's a it's a big series, isn't it? You, uh, sure. Now, Miguel better stay there for another minute anyway. You know, you really can leave when I'm through with this story. It has to do with Cubans. Uh-oh. Don't you want him to leave, Josh? Then we can talk about him. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I won't be able to hear you at all. Why not? Well, that's right. There's no radio. You can't hear us in the building because they got Power 96 on all over the building. i got a radio in my office. Oh. Oh, you're the one who listens to this. I see. Yes. Four decades ago, thousands of Cubans took to the Escambre Mountains in the CIA-backed guerrilla... What the hell was that? Did you hear that? No. Wow. You okay over there? No, no, it's not me. It's just I just heard a very strange... Probably the CIA coming to get me. <laughs> That's right. They found you. Wow, that was strange. Four decades ago, thousands of Cubans took to the Escambre Mountains in a CIA-backed guerrilla war against Fidel Castro, the bearded bastard. Today, U.S. law brands them as terrorists... Cuban terrorists. I thought they all lived in Miami. In a twist of fate, 320 Cubans on the island with links to that armed revolt are now having problems winning U.S. political asylum because the Patriot Act bars asylum for terrorists and people who help them. The Department of Homeland Security says the holdups affect 160 asylum applications involving 320 peoples who joined or helped uh, the anti-Castro guerrillas as well as some of the close relatives of the asylum seekers. 
like maybe Maris Guisi has. Bill Strasberger, spokesman for U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, said, Lawyers from Homeland Security and the Departments of State and Justice are trying to resolve the legal tangle of who is a terrorist and whether civilians who provide willing or unwilling support to terrorists should be denied asylum or put in an asylum. We're trying to develop a policy that could be used across the board for any types of cases to develop a process that will allow us to exercise discretion, Strasberger said. Until that time, we're not denying cases, but we're not approving cases either. The Escambre guerrillas and many other anti-Castro movements were supported by the CIA in the early 60s with food, weapons, even explosives meant for sabotage. All the groups were wiped out by the late 60s by Castro troops in what the government called a struggle against bandits, banditos. Oh, by the way, speaking of banditos, there was a, um, you know where those eight uh, people were killed here in Canada? Right. There was a bunch of uh, biker uh, druggies is what it was all about. Yeah, you said. And it was revenge for, uh, I forgot, uh, just an enormous amount of coke that they ripped off. And they said, well, guess what? Yeah, that's going to cost Things you. go better with coke, like all these bullets. Cuban exile groups are stung by the flood of the asylum seekers. Are you stung, Miguel? No. No. This really hurts because these are the people that have been forgotten by history in the world, said Cuban exile activist Ramon Saul Sanchez. See, I told you he was in the news of the Miami democracy movement, Democracia, a big Matsia. Most of the girls got no say. And by the way, Ramon Saul Sanchez, happy Pesach. They fought with dignity and practically naked, starved, and with their bare hands, they resisted the dictatorship that today is the despair of the Cuban people, he added. Citing privacy concerns, U.S. Citizenship Immigration Services won't identify the Cuban asylum applicants. They did say Miguel Escobar was one of them, and would only say that the applications were made after the Patriot Act was passed October 2001. I mean, anybody, even children know that anybody named Escobar is probably a drug dealer from Colombia. This is true. The Patriot Act defines terrorism. Is that why we know that? No, that, that, that? You know what that is? That's like a little feedback because I had this thing cranked up a little bit too high when I was talking to Hank with that crossover because I think it's Robert Grieper keeps potting Hank down every day a little bit lower, a little bit lower. I'm not just talking about doing a crossover. It's sabotage Bad form to blow your nose on the ear, but I can't help it. Hey, who cares? It's all these allergies. No, seriously, I think Robert is trying to de- sandbag Hank's show, probably so he can get his buddy Mo back on in the morning. Wouldn't surprise me. Or Geldy. Oh, yeah, there you go, Geldy. Because the hockey season for the Panthers is going to be open and uh, done in just a couple of days. It's going to be finito, three more games. And then bye-bye. That was one incredible game last night. That was just amazing. So every time I do the crossover with Hank, which we don't have to worry tomorrow because he's leaving, uh, it gets a little lower, a little bit lower. 693, we'll make that 800 easy. And then you can just uh, hang right, you can just slide right out the door, Josh. Don't have to worry about it. All right. Well, no, you know that in an hour and a half we can do a 200 vote. Sure. Christ, if we can't do that, we don't have anybody left. Because I know that we got about 75 grand for that uh, best uh, about 30 campaign. Close to. Miguel's got about 40 grand in his pocket, and uh, probably <laughs> Eric's got about 10 grand stashed away. Get a lot of meals for 10 grand, Eric. Maureen Dowd. See, I pushed that article about the Cubans ahead so that Miguel could leave. See ya. You leaving? No, I'll stick around. Why? I'll leave if you want. I don't care. No, no, I don't want. I don't want you to leave. But I just, I don't feel guilty about forcing you to sit there. I mean, there are not going to be any faxes. Did we get any faxes this morning? It's Pesach tonight, baby. Well, that's his job over there. And it's good for. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forget where you're sitting. No, that's Actually, right. You got to play the Thursday, spots. Yeah. You can't leave. Then he's got to go in there. Yeah. And we don't want to do that because then they'll say, "Well, you see, we don't need two people on that show." There you go. Let's fire George <laughs> or something like that. No, no, seriously. They've well, been looking for a long right. time as a, for a way to sandbag people on this show. In spite of the uh, crap that Clarabelle talks, oh, no, your show is kicking ass, and we love your show. Yeah. 
How about extending your contract to your 95, Neil? What do you say, huh? Carrying us all on your back. Don't get a bad backache, by the way, Joe. You idiot. Maureen Dowd, wag the camel. You got a choice. You can either smoke it or wag it. And the camel, too. Talk about a fearful symmetry. Iran was whipping up real uranium while America was whipped up by fake uranium. Obsessed with going to war against a Middle East country that had no nuclear weapon, the Bush administration lost focus on and leverage over a Middle East country hurling toward a nuclear weapon. That's after the Bush crew lost focus on and leverage over an Asian country that says it's not produced a whole bunch of nuclear weapons. To paraphrase Raymond Chandler, if brains were elastic, these guys wouldn't have enough to make suspenders for a parakeet. Oh, what a great line that is. Because that, that, talk about the QAM management crew now. If brains were elastic, these guys wouldn't have enough to make suspenders for a parakeet. Oh, I love it. I'm saving that. Don't you like that line? That's pretty good. While Dick Cheney was getting booed as he threw out the first pitch for the Nationals, it bounced in the dirt and the scooter wasn't even there to catch it, Iran was jubilantly welcoming itself to the nuclear club and spitting in the eye of the U.S. and U.N. Speaking before a mural of fluttering white doves, President Mahmoud, and I can't pronounce his last name, Ahmadinejad, bragged that his scientists had concocted enriched uranium. They'll now turn out nuclear fuel as fast as they can. Are they making a bomb? Nah, said the Iranian president, furthest thing from their minds. Are we going to bomb them before they can get a bomb? Nah, said the American president, furthest thing from our minds. The nuclear doves announcement was embarrassing for Mr. Bush, who had said on Monday that he was determined to prevent Iran from getting the know-how to enrich uranium. But the Persian logic cannot be folded. If you pretend to have WMD, the U.S. may come and get you. Ask Sodom. If you really have WMD, you're bulletproof. Just ask Kim Jong-il. I'm sure as the uh, I'm sure the maddest cheese, Mr. Ahmadinejad, cannot believe his luck. The down-the-rabbit-hole Bush administration is tied up in Iraq, helping create a theocracy friendly to Iran, while leaving Iran to do whatever it wants on WMD. In this week's New Yorker, Seymour Hirsch writes about the Pentagon planning for a possible strike against the the apocalyptic Shiites, as the former CIA agent Robert Baer calls the Holocaust-denying Ahmadinejad and his course line of clerics. The apocalyptic Shiites. Mr. Hirsch quotes a source close to the Pentagon saying that Mr. Bush believes that saving Iran is going to be his legacy, which makes sense in the wag the camel way since saving Iraq is not going to be his legacy. The Bush hawks, who have already proven themselves cultural cretins in Iraq, seem to still be a long way from that humble foreign policy they promised. A former defense official told Mr. Hirsch that the plan was based on administration belief that a sustained bombing campaign in Iran will humiliate the religious leadership and lead the public to rise up and overthrow the government. The official's reaction, what are they smoking? Just as Rummy dismissed questions back in August 2002 about a possible invasion of Iraq as a media frenzy, even as plans were well underway, the defense chief shrugged off the New Yorker story as, Henny Penny, the sky is falling. Oh, I can't resist that. Henny Penny what? The sky is falling. Right. Noting that the president is on a diplomatic track, he who should be fired, and uh, that uh, while W was obviously concerned about Iran as a country that supports terrorists and wants WMD, it's just as simply not useful to get into fantasy land. Yes, the reality-based community of journalists should stay out of fantasy land, which is already overcrowded with hallucinatory bushies. W defended his authorization of a leak to rebut Joseph Wilson's contention that the administration hyped up a story about Niger selling sodom uranium. I wanted people to see the truth, the president said. Of course, sometimes in order to help people see the truth, you've got to tell them a big fat lie. As David Sanger and David Barstow wrote in the Times on Sunday, Scooter's leak about Sodom's efforts to obtain uranium had already been debunked by the time he leaked it. Colin Powell had told the Times that intelligence agencies were no longer carrying it as a credible item by early 2003 when the Secretary of State was preparing to make the case against Iraq at the U.N. Only Scooter and Dick Cheney were willing to use a faulty bit of intelligence to defend their war scam. With Watergate, reporters follow the money. 
with Monica, Ken Starr followed the stain. With W and his bananas and second banana, Patrick Fitzgerald is following the uranium. All he needs is a Geiger counter. <clears throat> That's Maureen Dowd's take. She's good. Yes, she is. And you get it for free on the show. You don't have to sign up for that expensive New York Times thing. 11.14 already? My God, I'm getting way behind here. And that's because Miguel forced me to read that long story about Cuban terrorists. It's your fault. See, the longer you stay around, the more we get uh, dragged down with that Cuban stuff. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think the Cubans want a stadium to build a stadium in Miami or what, Miguel? I have no idea. Well, go out and take a poll. That's what you can do between now and 12.30. I'll do go that out right and now. pull uh, all the little Havana, Sweetwater, and Hialeah and come back by 12.25 and let us know. I'll conduct it in Spanish and everything. Or you can go out there. You can go out to a Sweetwater and sell some of those CDs. Is what you <laughs> Hotcakes out there. Yeah, the QM van is going to be in Sweetwater. Just look for Nick Navarro and Raul Martinez. Okay, look for the uh, sea of white here. And Miguel will be there, waving them out the window. Yeah. Seven hundred ten votes. Seven ten. That's the old WGBS frequency. What's on seven ten right now? I'll tell you what it is. Radio Mambi. Yes, it is. Isn't that sad? WQBA La Cubanisaba Radio Mambi. No speaking English aquí. Drag Concepts, they speak plenty of English. They speak it all right there. They're the best carpet cleaning company in the business, and they want to remind you that springtime has arrived. Cleaning your windows and doing a little bit of dusting here and there may give the appearance on the outside your home is clean. We know about those surface dusters, you know. But until you deep clean all the dirt and germs settle deep down in your carpeting, your furniture, your drapery, even your bedding, it just really isn't clean, is it? And right now, Dry Concepts is offering springtime specials to help you with all your spring cleaning, and, of course, as always, they're just a phone call away. Don't forget, Dry Concepts specializes in upholstery cleaning, leather cleaning, drapery cleaning, oriental rug cleaning, water damage restoration, pet odor treatments, mattress cleaning, get rid of those dust mites, all of these things, and so much more. So don't just half-clean your home this spring. Don't do it slow or don't do it fast, and certainly don't do it half-assed. Call Dry Concepts today and have your home clean from top to bottom for real. I've used them for over 20 years. My homes wouldn't dream of using anybody else. They always show up on time, always give you a professional job, and always give you a written guaranteed price up front. In Dave Broward in the Palm Beaches, call Dry Concepts toll-free, 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071 or online, dryconcepts.com. This is Neil Rogers. Watch solid. This is 560 QAM. You fairy. Oh, God. They say our love is taboo. Yay. That what we're doing is wrong. <laughs> but I don't care what Yay. they say. Because my love is so strong. They tell us we should be ashamed. We're not husband and wife. But I cherish each moment with you. I'm so glad you're in my life. You're my prison bitch, my prison bitch. You're not like other men. I'm glad we share a prison cell when lights go out at ten. I can't accept the way I feel, now that would be a crime. As long as I am doing you, I don't mind doing time. Cause you're my prison bitch, my prison bitch, and I have no regrets. I got you for a candy bar and a pack of cigarettes. At first you were resistant, but now you are my friend. 
I knew that I would get you in the end. Prison bitch. Prison bitch. I guess that you were sent from up above. Prison bitch. Prison bitch. And now you are my prisoner. Josh just about fell off his chair when I played that yesterday, and that's because I did a little research, and I listened to it about 400 times, and I discovered it's joyce-proof. And Miguel almost fell off his chair right now. Literally. Did he really? Yeah, yeah he did. Clap. Well, how do you like that? And guess what? We got another one. Well, I play this once in a while. It's also joyce-proof. Turned about that house doubt. Bitch. Chances Hello. Water's warm, huh? I'll say. You uh, come here often? Pardon me? Have you been here before? No. First time. Oh. What's your name? Freeway. Freeway. That's nice. I'm Spigot. Pleased to meet you, Spigot. Same here. Ah, you uh, here to get uh, clean or what? Oh, uh, I don't know. Hmm. You uh, work around here? I'm a waiter, but actually I'm an actor, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's tough, isn't mm. it? You probably need to relax. Oh, I'll say, but, you know, with everything that's in the news and all, it's just... Hey, tough. you can start relaxing right now, Freeway. I uh, brought something. Ooh, uh... Sheath. Mm-hmm. And Freeway, not just any sheath, either. 
Lost. Wow, cold lamay. <laughs> Pretty kicky condom, huh? Mm. But here's the most important part, Freeway. Mm. The Protect labels. Protect, huh? Aren't those endorsed by the by... City Council of San Francisco? Absolutely. You know the Protect slogan, don't you? I sure do. Mm-hmm. Certified safe by the city by the bay. <laughs> well, what do you say? Darn, look at that. I dropped the soap again. Oh. I'll get it. <laughs> you bet your life he will. And with confidence. Because Freeway and Spicket have condom sense. Don't let worry spoil those chance meetings in public showers. Always carry Protect. P-R-O-T-E-C-T. My mind free as can be. P-R-O-T-E-C-T. Been down with no apologies. Don't doubt. Know what it's all about. The Protect Sheet. So they won't send you a wreath. Protect condoms. A division of Black Flag House and Garden Pest Control Division. Keeping situations safe since 1887. How do you like that? Another Joyce Proof fit. Man, we are really making some progress, ain't we? All right. And speaking of progress, look at this fax that you just sent. From yeah, Tom. I, I'm sure this is from across the street. Hello, Neil. I think QAM found the permanent replacement for the Mo Man in the 2-4 to four slot. I hate baseball, but the crow is pure entertainment. He can't speak, but that's the fun of it. Really enjoyable. They 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 get they 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 get they 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 get they 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 get. How about you and me, Trom me, the blob? Okay, yeah. It's the first day I didn't turn the station, with the exception of when Curtis is on. Oh, see, I told you they like Curtis. He's only got 20 votes. In fact, he's down near the bottom on the pool. So let's not put him on too much, because the audience likes him. And you write about the following: boat camper, unlistenable, boring. Yeah, he's got a personality like a rock. Good guy, but uh, terminal. And Geldy, unlistenable. Sounds a little... Yeah. 567-OH560. <laughs> yeah, I think those two are joined to the hip, Pally. 27 past 11 at 560. Now, let's see. Has Miguel had the food from the John the Baker? Have you enjoyed some of that or not? Absolutely. Well, good. Absolutely. Give me everybody from the station has. I mean, he yeah, they've been brings chopping like that stuff up like it was a gold. And that's what it tastes like, man. It's as good as it gets. And the best part of the deal at John the Baker is the prices are so teeny and tiny, you can go there over and over again. Take the whole, take strangers off the street and go there and just throw a bunch of money at them. Be sure and try the best in South Florida pizza and all those great pasta dishes, all your Italian favorites. John the Baker, the best Italian restaurant this side of University Drive, now with two great locations for you. Please be sure and tell them that Duff sent you in there. Otherwise, he's going to cry a lot. Please. You'll find uh, John the Baker, brand new in the Sterling Town Center on Sterling Road, just west of Pine Island, Cooper City, and the classic John the Baker in Pembroke Pines, where you'll really enjoy your Coca-Cola classic, just west of Flamingo in the Home Depot Center on Pines Boulevard. Food is fantastic, humongous portions, and everything is cooked fresh, too. No mushy pasta at John the Baker. And like I said, with the low prices, you can take the whole family for lunch or dinner and stay well within your budget. And speaking of staying within your budget, be sure to ask for the Neal Deal at John the Baker. It's all of these things. A large 16-inch pizza, half a dozen of those fantastic, world-famous, gigantic garlic rolls, and two fountain Cokes for only fourteen seventy-five. All of these things. Take out or dine in tonight. Call 954 in Pembroke Pines, 431-4315. That's 431-4315 for takeout. Or in Cooper City, 954-252-0091. 252-0091. Pizza, pasta, veal, chicken, parmesan, sausage, and peppers. All your favorite subs. All of these things waiting for you at John the Baker. It is the best. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Yeah, that's you. Well, well, what is that? 
What do you mean that's me? What is this, another stunt rejoin? Since when is that? White Hot is the, uh, I thought White Hot you got at Wayne Arnold's. All the crap you can unwrap. All what the slime joke. all the time. you got to be schmitting me, man. Is this Clarence? Somebody needs to take him out and just beat his brains out with a baseball bat if they could find him. Right, though. Yeah, that's where to start. Good place. Anybody here seen Jack April Mom? In his orange jumpsuit and fedora He screwed a lot of people But thieves sometimes get caught I thought it variety the O'Connor Anybody here Good Christian doctor will be more around your time. He's not convicted yet, but should be for he's done. Taking a shower with his son. Neighbors and lies is what the White House is paid for. Or it is Christians who know what's best for you and me. Abraham had been. He was in some deep. In other words, do we anybody here? Please take time to lay me. For this skeleton has a hole. Oh, look at this. Saying that there was a bomb on board. Passenger um, plane from Paris diverted to an airplane in Scotland. What a horrible fate that is. The UK transport department, they were told to divert to the Glasgow airport. There was a 25-mile exclusion zone surrounding um, that flight. It landed without incident. 172 passengers disembarked. They're now in the terminal at that airport near Glasgow. They are oh, God, talk about terminal. Can you imagine being diverted no matter where you were going to Scotland? Oh, man. I actually want to go to Scotland. I'd, I'd rather get killed. You what? I'd like to go to Scotland. For what? I hear the like people all? there are very cool. Get out of here. How many Scotsmen have you ever encountered no, in your life? I, I've known people that have been. I think you're looking for a Gaelic. <laughs> Doug said he'd help you out. Well, what are you talking about? There's nothing cool about the Scotsman. Scotland, time, uh, Edinburgh, I hear, I hear is great. Oh, my God. I once got on a bus in Amsterdam going to the airport back in the day when I used to do that stupid thing instead of taking a cab or going on the train. Right. From, and, uh, oh, man, the Scot, a bunch of days made a stop at a hotel and picked up a bunch of sc silly-ass Scotsmen. They speak Gaelic. They don't even speak any English. <laughs> and they got the kilts on, man. They need, none of them had bathed in about at least six months. Well, never mind that. <laughs> but you don't have a good now. time there. In fact, I, I'll tell you what. George probably would rather go to Amsterdam. You, you like they'll, they'll no, divert, no, no, no. They'll divert you to uh, Glasgow. Don't get me wrong. I'd, you rather go with the, the, the Scottish. Just keep in mind they wear kilts and they know golf. Okay, is there anything else you need to know? No, I'm good now. Plus the weather there. If you think the weather in England is bad, I mean, keep, keep in mind that Scotland is just like northern England. It's just the northern part of the island. Uh, oh, brother. It's bad. It's not like Hot Springs, Arkansas. 
751 votes on this poll. We'll have like uh, eight, eight something by the time it's 1230. Less than an hour. Oh, there's uh, Ted Kennedy and John McCain again. That's file footage. Uh, let's see. Who is the weakest link on QAM? Lenny Martez, 184. The Crow, 166. In spite of that impassioned faction across the street. Oh, yeah, I bet you they were rubbing their hind legs together when they heard that yesterday. That's where you see some arm pro- tro- uh, problems. I like that one. Yeah. Nobody else does, but you do. How about you, Amib, Trobe, Demib, the Blob? Okay, but go in the locker room and pump, pump, pump. Anyway. Okay, that's enough. Uh, Lenny Martez, 184, The Crow, 166, who is just, it just it, it, you know, it's one thing if you make a mistake in life, you know, and then you go back and keep making the same mistake over and over again. You know what I'm saying? No, what do you think? In other words, you put the wrong person on the ear, and then it would be like if we, we hired Mo back. And then after about a, well, a week, we discovered, oh, he's starting to stir up a bunch of crap. Isn't that a surprise, you know? Jeez, can't understand it. The Crow, 166, guilty, a very solid third. <laughs> Rock solid. 131. A voice fit for off the ear. And far away from humans. George, 98. Kimba Bocamper, 53. Now, why, why is that? Don't you think Kimba ought to beat out George? George at least has got a little bit of a personality. Not a lot. A little bit. You know? Mm-hmm. At least George knows something. You know, he may not be the most exciting person to listen to, but at least he, he knows something about a lot of different things, as opposed to Kimba, who only knows about that big cow in front of the University Dodge. And give me the ball, give me the ball. That, that's it. Hank, no 46. The Big O, 28. Rock solid. Not too bad. Of course, who the hell's awake at that hour? Curtis, only 20. See what I'm telling you? I, I think we ought to start adopting the, the, the reverse uh, strategy now, the reverse psychology. I think Curtis sucks. Don't ever put him on again. Yeah, he blows. He's the worst. See, if we keep saying that, they'll put him on like uh, 10 hours a day. Eddie K, 13, because who the hell listens at that hour? And Mad Dog, only 12, because he's great. He ain't no Danny Boy LeBastard, thank God, but he's uh, pretty damn good. Pretty damn entertaining. 758, that's kind of great. One of Eminem's closest friends was killed early yesterday. In this, did you see this? Yep. In a seedy nightclub along the road made famous by the rap superstar. I guess uh, what neither one of you ever did was... Neither one of you was ever on 8 Mile Road in Detroit. No. I was. Ha-ha. Were you scared? I beg your pardon? Were you scared? No. Hey, listen, if you were in Detroit, you just, uh, you didn't, you, if you were kind of a person that was going to be scared of anything, you didn't need to be going to Detroit, okay? Pansy. Sound a little. Hey! Proof. Proof. A member of the rap group D12 was hit by gunfire at the CCC Club on 8 Mile. The dividing line between Detroit and its northern suburbs. Police said he and another man were shot in the head. The other man lived but was critically injured. See, there was a place, I'm not, I don't know anything about that club, but there was a place called Macambo's, which was an outstanding Italian restaurant on 8 Mile Road in Detroit, back in the day when I used to uh, go to the track all the time in Detroit. You don't know about the clubs, you just know about the good Italian restaurant. Wait, would you listen to me? See, you don't, you don't want to hear the rest of the story, like Paul Harvey would say. Well, Macambo's uh, then became a strip club, because that, that hood got really kind of like seedy and bad, and people weren't going there to eat, so it really like attract a clientele. Now, I don't know what the name is. So, in other words, that could even be it. I don't know. In other words, maybe once upon a time I was actually in the Triple C Club. See? But I doubt it. But anyway, it's on 8 Mile Road, where those WWJ towers are, man. They're directional at night. they got about 100 different towers, and they're all right across from where Macombos used to be on 8 Mile Road. There's about three white people there within about a 60-mile radius. What's wrong with that? Officers responded to 911 calls, found the bar empty when they arrived. Well, they used to have really good food, too, Macombos. Boy, that was good. Mm. Spaghetti and meatballs. I'm talking really. 
And police said the victim was taken to hospitals by private vehicles. Proof of his real name was Deshaun Holton. I wonder if he's kin to Deshaun Minor. Deshaun Holton was dead on arrival at St. John Connor Creek, an outpatient treatment facility that used to be a hospital. It's kind of a messy affair, and we're trying to sort it out, said Detroit Police Chief Ella Bully Cummings. There's that name again, Ella Woolly, Woolly Bully Cummings. Well, what kind of a name is that? You think she's got a Woolly Bully pulpit? Or maybe just a Woolly Bully? She said detectives don't know what proof was doing at the bar, which was operating outside of its licensed hours. Uh-huh, see that? Proof 32 played a bit part in Eminem's 2002 film that carried the title Eight Mile. Did you see Eight Mile? I did, yeah. You did? I did. Boy, oh boy. I get, but after seeing it, you didn't want to go there, did you? No, I was all set. I could have told you that. He and Eminem, Proof, were seldom seen in public without each other. They were tight. Proof was the best man at Eminem's wedding in January. They've been close friends since before Eminem became a superstar. Now, he's dead. The video for the Eminem song, like Toy Soldiers, shows Eminem pacing a hospital hallway as doctors try to revive Proof, who it has been shot. Later, Eminem attends Proof's funeral as the song's lyrics lament the escalation and violence between rappers. It was Proof's idea to form D12 in the mid-90s when members met at Detroit's hip-hop shop, a clothing store by day and a hip-hop club by night. The six-member Detroit-based rap group counts Eminem among its members. Proof's family members gathered at home on Detroit's northwest side after hearing the news. The street in the neighborhood of the two-story homes was lined with vehicles, and people hugged each other on the sidewalk and cried in the audio. A spot of blood was on the street in front of the tavern. Police marked shell casings in the parking lot across the street. Not a shame. Proof is dead. Have you all been out of shape about that? That's that proof that you're dead to the eighth mile. What's more depressing, the fact that Proof got shot or that there's a Marlin game today? We're, we're not depressed at all about it. Even if they lose again, we don't care. No, we're not. Because as far as we're concerned, as long as they keep playing early games and we get off early, we think we love the Marlins. Don't ever leave. That's right. Stay forever. i got to play that bit again, the other one. That one. 18 till noon at 5. You were right, by the way, getting that disc was worth a billion dollars today. Yeah. So well, Miguel's going to give you like a whole bunch of cash. When you, you know, a lot of the money that he's been ripping off from that uh, fundraising campaign, yeah. uh-huh. he's going to share you some of his cash. Hey, all you horse racing fans and poker players, in fact, maybe you take it to the track tonight and double it. Pompano Park Racing and Poker is all the gambling action you want and a great way to celebrate Tax Day this Saturday, April 15. Pompano Park is going to host a tax relief day this Saturday, April 15, with everybody 18 and older getting a free entry blank to win part of a $1,000 giveaway, baseball tickets, or maybe a vacation trip on Discovery Cruise Lines. You could win 50, 100, 150, 200, maybe even 500 bucks in cash. That'll take away just about everybody's tax day blues. Located just a half mile from both I-95 and the Turnpike, Pompano Park is easy to get to. And best of all, Pompano Park features free admission and free general parking every day. Talk to Dick Feinberg. He'll tell you all kinds of great stories about Dave Ingraham. Live harness racing in our smoke-free poker room open every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, like today. And poker gets underway at noon in just 17 minutes. Goes on till midnight. Live racing gets underway starting at 725 nightly, including tonight. The last Monday Madness 2 for $25 dinner special will be this Monday, April 10th. That's two days ago. So if you missed it, tough uh, tootie. Not bad. In fact, this was supposed to be. It says right on here, copy for April 12th, and it says our last. So you missed it. Jeez, I'm upset about that. But we were telling you about it anyway. But today is Wednesday, so you can still take advantage of Dollar Night Wednesdays when soda, draft beer, hot dogs, and more just a puck apiece starting at 6 p.m. Pompano Park also open every day of the week, seven days and nights, featuring the best in simulcasting, harness, thoroughbred, highlight action from all across North America for you to watch and plunge your guts on. 
Look out for Brian Sears, no matter where he is, the best in the universe. So don't forget to come out this Saturday, April 15th, for Tax Relief Day at Pompano Park, a block south of Atlantic Boulevard on Powerline Road. For the current racing schedule, call 954-972-2000 or on the Wicked Web. Check it out at pompanopark.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Mackinac, this is Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're listening to the Hockey Authority, Neil God. Season pays off. We won the World Series. We won the World Series. <laughs> Hi, I'm David Sampson, and I used to sound like this until I met that queen of supercuts. <sighs> I'm looking for a new home for my world champion, Marlin. And I don't like sharing a stadium with big, stinky football players. <clears throat> I had my heart set on a new stadium, but my dreams are all dashed because of that Hank Goldberg. Well, it's not going to happen now, and it's all your fault, Hank. All your fault. <laughs> I'm certain we'll be welcomed as liberators with flowers and candy in a new city like uh, San Antonio. Put that in your pink pipe and smoke it, huh? If you don't want the Marlins anymore, I'll just take them home with me all for myself to play in my own backyard. So put that in your lost towel in Florida. And remember, there's nothing more important in life than the grab-ass faggery of man-on-man sports. Amen. For a home. For the Marlins, or a home rodeo. Ooh. I think I uh, Schmidt can that story about uh, Jeffrey Loran. It's probably just as well to bury Jack has. Oh, I didn't. Here it is. I'm not going to waste a lot of time with it. We don't have a lot of time, do we? We only got like uh, what 40 minutes. That's right. And actually, when you come down to the uh, that, we only got like about 26 uh, minutes. And when you take the spots into account, we got like see ya. San Antonio, very viable, says Jeffrey Luria, reiterating the Marlins will explore all relocation options, including San Antonio. The early view we have is that it's viable right now. Marlins President David Sampson said of San Antonio, we need to see how revenues are going to grow and make sure it can sustain itself. Luria said the Marlins need some answers about their future way before November. I'll need resolutions sooner rather than later, he said, because there are other options. We need to act on those options out of town. The Loria said he's optimistic the Marlins will get a stadium locally. Some of that optimism disappeared in the past year. Major League Baseball would like us to solve our problem here, but that doesn't mean... Well, you know what? Let Major League Baseball pay for it. How's that sound? Sounds good. Yeah, let them build the stadium. They got more money than God. Let them build it. Let them take some of that money for defending all the lawsuits they're going to have on the steroids and use that money instead. Let the Catholic Church build it, okay? Take some of the money they're using defending all those child molesting priests and put that money into a new stadium for the Marlins. We love the Marlins. Yeah, look at all the days we'd have to work extra if we lost the Marlins, right? Yeah, for real. I say let's uh, let's uh, phone it up and jump on that bandwagon. Please, you know, if you, if you don't want to buy the uh, CDs, put the money into a fund for the Marlins stadium. How's that? Sounds good. Now, where are they going to have our uh, about 30? I want to report tomorrow from Miguel that he sold something there besides his ass at the ballpark today. Hey, I'm not going to be there. What? What? Rolly's there. Well, what do you mean by that? You're, the way you said that, I'm not going to be there. Like, fat. What, what does that mean? Mr. Marlin, Mr. Sports Nerd, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Julio. Huh? 781 votes, by the way, in the poll. I think we got 800 licked by the top of the hour. You think we're going to lick it? No, don't you think that's a good idea? Who's going to be out there? Oh, Rolly, well, he's used to not getting any response, you know. <laughs> Where is he, at gate F? Yes. Just look for the uh, tracks where uh, Crow left yesterday for the uh, Crow tracks. They kind of look like pigeon droppings. 
And that'll lead you right to Gator. After Roly, he's got the uh, best anneal. About 30, man. CDs and those 50 T-shirts. In fact, I, you know, it would have been great yesterday to see a C, because uh, I watched a little bit of the game. It was pretty weak. I saw him score that one run in the first inning. Desperate. He'd lead off triple, and then they're, like, all out to score a run. Yeah. That, that was pretty. You, you knew from that point on it was going to be pretty grim. I mean, you get a leadoff triple, and you're supposed to, that, that should be a no-brainer. And they were very lucky that kid got the hit with the two outs. What that was his name? Whittingham? Josh Willingham. Well, Willingham. See, I, I got a couple of those right. You joshing? So, anyway, I would have loved, wouldn't it have been great to see a sea of those Neil God t-shirts there yesterday? And we might have had that if uh, Miguel would have opened up a mouth and told somebody, because even though it had nothing to do with Cuba... Yeah. Hey, guess what? We got, got the CDs and the T-shirts. It's opening day. We got 31,308 people here, plus uh, the crow. How come the crow wasn't plugging it and pumping it, huh? What else wrong with him? I told him uh, we desperately need to raise the money for charity. Get out there and go in the locker room and pump, pump, pump. Yeah, pump this, you idiot. So they'll be out there now. What time is Roley getting there? Because the game time is one o'clock. He should be there already. So Roley said, "That's it. No excuses, okay? We want a sea of Neil Rogers material out there, okay? Just throw a bunch of money at him, and anything that's left over, the spillover, we'll give it to the Lurias and Samson so they can build a stadium, so we can get a lot of these early days off like today and tomorrow and tomorrow. Oh, preach on! And look at that tomorrow after the baseball game. I mean, today it's just Mad Dog in the studio, which is fine, but tomorrow it's Mad Dog at the Sofa King." The it doesn't say that on this sheet. Okay? Well, it just says, who wrote it? Clarence. There you go. Oh, yeah, idiot. Well, you know what? Just because Clarence says it's okay, I guess I can play that bit now, huh? If we can have it on our commercials, like Tommy making farting noises on our uh, whatever that thing was. What the hell was that, anyway? That was a gas promo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, he said it's a gas. We're giving away gas. And he, he drops a raspberry in there. Nice. Nice going, Tommy. Trying to get us all fired, you idiot. You know, one thing about Tommy, he can't afford to lose that job. It costs a lot of money for those drugs. And you think he's making money with that group he's got, that band? Oh, God. I don't know. Is this band good or not? Yeah, very. Are they? Yeah, they're pretty good. No, you both both guys have heard it, huh? Yeah. Must be sharing those drugs. Wait till you hear this, speaking of happy Pesach. Happy Passover to all our Jewish friends. They're not listening anyway. They're busy drinking the wine. <laughs> yeah, take a little man of Shevitz to the ball game today. It can't hurt, okay? Throw a little stale matzo there at Jeffrey Loria. Howard Pearl, 48. Sounds like a good Jewish boy to me. A Fort Lauderdale lawyer never saw himself as much of a worship leader. Then again, he never thought he'd be shipped to Iraq after 30. About 30, man. Uneventful years in the Army Reserve. Spent Rosh Hashanah, then Jewish New Year under a rain of mortar fire. Or lead Friday night worship in Camp Taji, an Army post 12 miles north of Baghdad, when there wasn't even a rabbi around to do the job. In a year full of bizarre first, Pearl stand, says one stands out. It'll be pretty cool to be able to celebrate Passover in Baghdad, says Pearl, an army captain who trains members of the Iraqi army. How do you like that? Passover is one of the defining moments in Jewish history, he said, when the Jewish people became a nation for the first time. Oi! The Jewish people became a nation for the first time? I'm sitting here in Baghdad celebrating Passover, and I think the parallels are remarkable. On Wednesday, today, when Jews around the world begin the eight-day holiday commemorating the Israelites' liberation from slavery in Egypt 33 years, 100 years ago, and all these other bubble mices, thousands of Jewish U.S. troops will mark the occasion with modest provisions in remote and dangerous locations. They're going to be eating matzah very surreptitiously, because if those ragheads see eating matzah, man, it's bada-bing. That's it. Wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah. Una bamba. 
Some will crack open military-issue kosher MREs, meals ready to eat, and mark the holiday quietly alone. Some will pray with Rebbe's flown in from the U.S., Getchkis. Others will put together simple holiday meals with matzah wine and shrink-wrapped plastic Seder plates shipped by Jewish outreach organizations, including some in South Florida. Make sure they're not trafe, okay? Some of those ragheads, uh, some of those subversives in South Florida may have stuck their finger in it and made it trafe. Have Gary Sarner sniff it first before you put it in your mouth. It's our duty to support, to support people who are doing everything they can to uphold the principles of our country, freedom, and democracy, said Rabbi David Lapp, director of the Chaplain's Council for the Jewish Welfare Board. He's going to go over there and give them all a lap dance, an agency that serves the spiritual needs of Jewish military personnel. By some estimates, five to 10,000 Jews serve in the U.S. military, according to uh, accounting for about 1% of service members. Rabbis make up a small minority in the Chaplaincy Corps, about 2,891 military chaplains, just 20 are rabbis. Out of almost 3,000, just 20 rebbies. And probably got the long beards and the payas and the talus and the whole deal. Jewish organizations, outreach organizations, synagogues, and Hebrew schools have stepped in to fill shortfalls in spiritual services, shipping tons of kosher food, Jewish texts, and pamphlets explaining the holidays rituals. Probably a lot of stale halafah, no doubt, and restrictions to remote military posts in the Middle East and Afghanistan. The, uh, wait till you hear this. The Aleph Institute... A Surfside-based nonprofit Jewish outreach group affiliated to the Lubacher, uh, Lubavitcher Hasidic movement has shipped to U.S. troops more than 20 tons of gefilte fish, matzah, macaroons, and haggadahs. What the hell is that? You tell You're me. like a goy. Books that tell the story of the Israelites' exodus from me. Well, forget about the books. Just stick with the gefilte fish, the matzah, the macaroons. And the wine. This is Neil Rogers. Happy face off. This is 560. Happy Good Friday, Jesus. This is Dick Cheney. I like to relax by having Mary Magdalene massage my balls while listening to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. <laughs> the most controversial movie of our time, Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ, recently became available for home viewing on cassette. Religious groups, miffed at the release of the film theatrically, became outraged on the event of its home distribution. And so, for your spiritual edification, and for those who don't have VCRs or the price of a movie ticket, we are proud to present, live, part one, the radio version of Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ. Oh! Ah! Hey, bud, bud, want to buy a hot stereo? Ah, uh, uh, gee, I better not. Okay. Ah! Oh! So the controversy continues. Tune in tomorrow for part two, Martin Scorsese's The Second Last Temptation of Christ. Good day. How's that Judas doing? Is he he's still a good guy or uh, what? We don't know. For maybe a couple of days he was. Let's ask him. Judas, he was uh, the enabler. You know, he was his buddy. In fact, he uh, betrayed Jesus because he kissed him at the Passover Seder. He gave him a kiss. Did you see that? That's right. He turned his back on Jesus. Oh, no. And Jesus said, turn your back. And he bent over and said... Uh, Rectum. Anyway... 810 votes. I told you we'd have 800 by the top of the hour. There's that nasty, nasty-looking bitch, Condoleezza. Free, who sold... With Jack Straw, no less. Oh, brother. She, what a pair that is. A pair of losers. Jack Straw. Anybody going over to England, be sure and take some, uh, some good uh, K-O-Pectate. Believe you me, they'll love you. Take something, uh, some laxatives with you. The British will kiss you all over the place. In fact, even if you don't take any, they'll still kiss you. Especially if you're a guy. The weakest link at QAM, Lenny Martez, 200 votes. Boy, I'll tell you, does he belong on the air no. or what? Huh? Good guy. He's a bodybuilder, you know. Probably, probably doing a lot of roids. Let's see. I want to thank you and George for talking about American History X. It uh, was on the Encore channel last night. Carter was damn good in every way. When you just played prison, bitch, I got a good chuckle. Well, good. 
Miguel got a chuckle, too. He got like a uh, tingle in his uh, bingle. Yes, I did. Bought the CD twice. Love it and love you. Have a great day. Plunging. Thank you, Sam. I'm going to be, I'm already dressed. I got my shoes on. Thanks to that book of Brian just uh, showing up. And Josh Cordes urging me to go down there and get it. Please go get it. And you were right. And just because you did such a good job on that, uh, all your stories are on there. You're all, you're all set. Sweet. So anytime you're in the mood, you can get out of the way so you can go out and have yourself a real good good evening tonight. We go for another 40 piece? What? You've been, uh, you've been, there's been lots of stories this week. (laughs) (laughs) What a shot. That was bad. You've been pretty consistent this week. That was really bad. You know, something interesting part of it is I haven't written that check yet. I think it just lost, oh yeah, way way too many on there for today. You're right. Well, I'm I'm trying, see, I I caught it from George. I used to send you like, you know, 14, 15, 17, a reasonable number. And then George started like uh, doing his thing and I figured, well, you're going to feel like I'm, uh, Slack on, oh my, look at all those stories on there. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm done. There won't be that many. There, there's an ample number. Listen, no big deal. Just send the stories and finish writing that check, and we're good. <laughs> yeah. No, see, so you don't want to get it too soon, because the sooner you get it in your hand, the sooner you're going to blow it. I mean, uh, spend it. Oh, speaking of that, baby Sean falls and fractures his skull, and Brittany is in tears. This is according to the tabloid, The Star, you know? The entertainment, the celebrity-oriented uh, star news. Okay. On April 7th, when Britney Spears and Kevin Federline realized that their baby Sean Preston had been sleeping more than usual, panic bells went off. Oh, my God. Just six days earlier, the seven-month-old had taken a major fall from his high chair, a tumble that had his parents worried that he might have been critically injured. He fractured his skull. Okay. First, she's driving with a kid in her lap. And now he, uh, they, these are really good parents, you know. What yeah. would you expect? I think it's safe to say that uh, they weren't ready for a child. Oh. Or and ever, or ever will be. Right. Forced sterilization, okay? They had every right to fret, it says, after rushing Sean to a nearby hospital, they discovered he had a minor skull fracture, sometimes called a scalp fracture in babies, and a blood clot. They were going, oh, yeah, clot. And the doctors weren't the only ones to take notice. Next day, the Department of Children and Family Services began looking into the incident. They came a calling. The Spears Feed the Line clan escaped disaster, but not their obligation to explain themselves to the authorities. On April 8th, L.A. Sheriff's deputies arrived at Brittany's Malibu home to investigate a child abuse claim against Brittany and Kevin in relation to the head injury. Such an investigation isn't unusual. According to California law, whenever a baby is brought into the hospital with serious injury, the DCF, uh, whatever it is, is alerted. And they said, oh, it's you again, huh, bitch? Yeah, she's, she's uh, fallen from grace. <laughs> she used to be hot stuff, and now she's just uh, stuff. Not not good. I think let's see eight nineteen. Oh yeah, by twelve thirty we'll be like way over eight fifty. Uh, you, you don't have to sweat. You don't have to even hang around. Okay, great. Just just zoom out that door because I'm sure you're on the way to the ballpark. No, I am no? not. No. He's got obligations here too. You know, I, like what in the building? That's right. Like what? What are you going to be doing after twelve thirty? I'm pretty sure I work on the Power ninety six side now as well. Ah, now now wait a minute. I, I think I'm glad that we got like a you know about ten seconds here to kill. Well, what, what does that mean? You're pretty sure you're working on the Power 96 side now. Well, what what does that mean? That's what it, that's what I've been doing lately for a while now. So in other words, we're just borrowing you. Is that it? In other words, you're you're no, no, you're no. Stati- no, 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 I do both. That's my and you're job. getting paid for both. For right now, no, nothing special, but yeah, just you know. Hourly. Minimum wage. Minimum wage less ten percent. Just hourly, man. Right. 
but yes, on both sides. Well, then quit making such a sentence about it until they catch on. They find out that you're double dripping. Well, there's, there's, I'm, I'm not benefiting from anything. You understand? I went over no, there. I, I really don't. I went you over understand there. what he's saying, Miguel? Maybe you can interpret. Here, me. let me you're help you out. Let me you got two out. jobs, in other words. I got two jobs, yes. and I went over there to do that job building. because I was supposed to get something that I didn't get. So I quit doing baseball. What was that, Lee? No, money. Yeah. And I quit doing baseball, which pays me very nicely, which was my main source of income. Oh, so in other words, you quit. Uh, to me, it sounds like a massive lawsuit. To me, this sounds like fraud. You quit the baseball game. So I kept asking you, why did you do that? Because you, you were under the impression they had, they had convinced you that you somewhere. had this other gig going. Now you're getting somewhere. Uh, I see. No wonder you're pissed off and, and making all those grotesque comments about Joyce and what a bitch she is. And I, I certainly, and Miguel and I would hardly agree. Wouldn't we, Miguel? We would not. What? Hardly agree? I said we would heartily agree. Oh, heartily agree. Okay. Heartily. Trying to follow along. Gladly. Enthusiastically. <laughs> don't start sucking up to that bitch over there in Naples now, man. She don't speak of your language. No, you better she cut the crap. I don't even know her, so. She probably don't like you anyway. She don't like your kind, whatever your kind is. You know. <laughs> she don't, whatever it is, she don't like it. Eight minutes past nil. We better do the break. We got the two. Boy, I'll tell you, they sure know how to do it, don't they? When we got the pregame at 12.50, like the exhibitionist games, we get two breaks in the air. And then when the game is at 12.30, the pregame, then we still get the same two. I'm going to tell you, man, when is she getting out of there already, that water Nazi? I have a good idea how to get rid of her ahead of time. Let's auction her ass off on eBay. Eight minutes past noon at QM. You know, being outdoors a lot in South Florida, you really need comfortable shoes. Like if you're going to be like, uh, uh, you know, doing a little tap dance out of the ballpark today. The only place to go to take really good care of your feet is Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach because Brandy's is the best. Brandy's carries major brands like Florsheim, Echo, Mephisto, Rockport, Hush Puppies, New Balance, tons of other name brand shoes, all sizes for men and women. They even carry wide widths and hard-to-find sizes, too. Brandy Shoes is the largest and most incredible independent shoe retailer in all of South Florida. When you go into Brandy's for the first time and you take a peek at the selection and value that you get and see the kind of personal service you also get. You'll understand why I've been raving about them for years. Go ask for Arnie at Brandy, so make sure you get the right-fitting shoes at the right price every time. And I like those department stores where they let you wander around for hours, it seems. And then whenever you find a shoe that you like, they say, oh, sorry, we don't have that in your size. The only thing they do at Brandy's is shoes. So you can bet Joyce's life on it. You're never going to have to worry about size, selection, service, or price when you do your shoe shopping at Brandy's. 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompino Beach between Atlantic and Copans on the east side. You can't miss it. Brandy's is open every day, Monday through Saturday till 9, every Sunday till 5. And this week is a great time to buy SAS shoes at Brandy's because you can save yourself 20 to 40 bucks a pair on all great men's and women's SAS styles this week. So be sure to do your shopping at Brandy's this week or on their website at brandyshoes.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. Know that the Lord even loves Neil Rogers. Absolutely. In Hollywood, yes, no one stays together. Couples on and off just like a switch. Who is cheap and who? And who is Usher's boo? And whose wife is just acting like a bitch? Remember Brad and Janet was forever. They were best friends, so please pardon the pun. Tommy, that's no joke. 
Jason, Alexander, Britney Spears, and Hitch spoke out that she's not queer. Everyone breaks up when you have fame. Remember Ben and Jen, they call her J-Lo. It was forever for about a week. She called Ben a slut. He made fun of her butt. Cause it was hard to dance cheek to cheek. Rectum. Next couple is currently together. It won't be long before one of them strays. Now it's Tom and Katie Holmes. He'd rather date that Rupert Holmes. Cause Tom's a straight guy who doesn't know he's gay. Oh, you have the knees, Richard, Charlie Sheen, Wilmer, and Lindsay Paris, Hilton, and Nick Carter. Who cares? Liz Hurley, Hugh Grant, Jimmy Page, and Robert Plant. Everyone breaks up when you have fame. Yeah, why should anybody care about Everyone these people? I'll give you, I'll give you an answer, fame. okay? Forward answer. I have no line. Right. 12.15 at QAM. So anyway, you know, they're, they're doing this thing where they're um, in the trial, the Musawi trial. They're playing the audio of the flight recorder from uh, flight, the flight that crashed in, uh, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, now, it's interesting because they just had this big bet on there on CNN, and she's reading her notes, the transcript that they played in court. And she gets to the part, and she says, well, this is the uh, part of the uh, uh, recording that everybody that's so famous, where Todd Beamer uh, is heard saying, roll it. See, nobody, like I told you before, we've had these stories. Nobody ever said, let's roll. Okay, remember that in the beginning? Let's yeah, roll. Yeah, let's roll. No, no, nobody ever said, let's roll. Roll it. And, and then you hear a crashing sound. And what he's talking about is a food card that they were using to try to uh, smack, break into the cockpit. That's what he was talking about. Not, let's roll, you know. But again, that was not nearly as dramatic as, let's roll, right? Right. Maybe he just said, like, jelly roll. I don't know. They sure as hell did not say, let's roll. Roll it. Or maybe George was on a plane. He would have said, roll it. I'll smoke it. Wouldn't you think? Well, Maybe that's why we don't have George here today. Maybe he was on that plane with Catherine Harris, too. No, he got suspended, remember? Oh, that's right. George got suspended for, uh, what was that line again from Marine Dowd? I think I saved it. That, that was, I hope I saved it. That's my favorite line of any, uh, just the best. Not that we don't already know she's great. Oh, please don't tell me I, I Schmidt canned it. Wouldn't that be bad? Of course, I could print it out again. You can see how disorganized I am today. It's because I'm anxious to get the hell out of here. No, I mean, it's because I'm we're doing an important show. Aren't you anxious to get the hell out of here? Yes, I am. Get <laughs> out of there. Yeah, I can't. can't that, that's, see, now I'm beginning to understand your constipation and consternation, the fact that they give you they give you the old double crosses, the, the old bait and switch right. is what they gave you. Exactly. In other words, oh, you need that uh, job at the Marlins to get that extra pay because you're going to be getting extra pay for uh, QAM and Power 96. You've got two jobs over here. So to, say the hell with the Marlins, you know? Hey, be lucky, though. You would have lost them all week this week, Josh. What do you, what do you mean by that? If you would be doing the ball games. Yeah, know. that's true. Like I said, it's probably just as well. That would have been just me and Miguel all week. That would have been really exciting. I, I can't find that Marine Dowd thing. Whatever you do, don't let me forget to print that out. What was that line again? It was Whatever it was, it was really good. <laughs> it was unforgettable, though. <laughs> okay, just a second. No, it was about suspenders on a parakeet. Wait a minute. New York Times. Here, let me go to it. Let me hop on it. It'll be on our website tomorrow. In fact, I'm sure Josh is already feverishly working on it just to get out of the way. I'm sure I'm not. Aren't, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm still finishing up the ones today. I apologize profusely. I'm just sending way too many. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Just too many. I'm not... Uh, okay, where the hell is it? Uh... Uh, not there. Well, I gotta find it, man. Here's the thing about the Geiger counter. Penny, penny in the sky is falling. What are they smoking? 
You know, oh, here it is. Listen. Listening. To paraphrase Raymond Chandler, if brains were elastic, these guys wouldn't have enough to make suspenders for a parakeet. <laughs> that is the best. Not enough. If brains were elastic, these guys wouldn't have enough to make suspenders for a parakeet, which is perfect for the Bush crew and, of course, for our crew. You know, Clarabelle and the, the clowns. Clarabelle and Maddie Bell and Ma Bell and all the other Bells. Baby Bell. Wow. Speaking of crazy people, Tom Cruise is attacking those who prescribe psychiatric drugs again in the May 6th issue of Men's Style Magazine GQ, which I'm sure both of you guys read. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the actor who embarked on anti-drug tirade in TV interviews last summer on behalf of his Scientology beliefs has launched a fresh attack on psychiatry, calling for prescription pill poppers to think carefully about the harms they're doing to their bodies. He tells the magazine, I've always found that if it makes me feel better, it's okay rationale, a little bit suspect. I think it's appalling that people have to live a life of drug addiction when I have personally helped people get off drugs, she said, uh, he said. In the interview, the actor claims he can get someone off heroin in three days through Scientology's detox programs. So if you're a heroin addict, if you're shooting it up big time, just call up Tommy Cruz, okay? He'll get you off, maybe off the call, heroin. Maybe call Darren Dalton. That'd be good. And the two of them can have quite a, uh, yeah, let's tape that conversation. Get a 90 share for playing that. Speaking of drugs... Drug firms are inventing disease. This is according to BBC News. The American media wouldn't want to touch this because that would be bad for business. Pharmaceutical firms are inventing diseases to sell more drugs, researchers have warned. Keep telling you this, man. There are a bunch of grave robbers, just like all that crap with the anthrax and the uh, Cipro. And now we got this thing with the bird flu, which we got a story I sent you for tomorrow about that, too. Not going to happen. And Rumsfeld's got all that stock in the company that's selling that Tamiflu, you know. Disease-mongering promotes non-existent diseases, exaggerates mild problems to boost profits, the Public Library of Science Medicine reports. Researchers at Newcastle University in Australia said firms are putting healthy people at risk by medicalizing conditions such as menopause. But the pharmaceutical industry denied invented diseases. Report authors David Henry and Ray Moynihan. I wonder if he's kidding John Moynihan. Criticized attempts to convince the public in the U.S. that 43% of women live with sexual dysfunction. They also said that risk factors like high cholesterol and osteoporosis were being presented as diseases and rare conditions such as restless leg condition and mild problems of irritable bowel syndrome were exaggerated. IBNS, like a bad, you know, like a messy BM. The report said disease mongering is the selling of sickness that widens the boundaries of illness and grows the markets for those who sell and deliver treatments. It is exemplified most explicitly by many pharmaceutical industry-funded disease awareness campaigns, more often designed to sell drugs than to educate or inform about the prevention of illness or the maintenance of health. More often designed to sell drugs. The researchers called on doctors, patients, and support groups to be aware of the marketing tactics of the pharmaceutical industry and for more research in the way in which conditions are presented. They added, the motives of health professionals and health advocacy groups may well be the welfare of patients rather than any direct self-interest and financial benefit, but we believe that too often marketers are able to crudely manipulate those motivations. Yeah, those doctors like those free trips to Hawaii and those TV sets and those uh, Jaguars and whatever else they're getting, right? Yeah. Bastards, grave robbers, butchers. You know who the best doctor is? Who's that? No doctor. Just stay healthy. Don't go to a doctor. Just, just you have like a little headache or something, or like a little twitch in your bowel. Don't go schlep into a doctor, man. They'll kill you. And don't ever let them put you in a hospital until you're ready to die. That's my best advice. Do not go in a hospital unless you're planning on not coming out. Especially Mount Sinai. Oh, you can't say that. I have said a million times. 
Now, what they did to me in that place, oh, brother. I, I just don't think they like me in there. Who is the weakest link on QAM? That's our poll question today. The weakest link. Lenny Martez, 209. Weakest link rhymes with stink on the ear. Not good. The Crow, 184. Oh, thank God there's only one opening day a season. You know what? Although he's probably going to get plenty of airtime. Well, there, like, there's going to be, the be some talking hardball. Oh, no. We got the Roberto Luongo show. A lot of Gildy on Friday. Oh, oh talking hardball on Saturday with the Crow, 4 to 5.30, Saturday afternoon. And Sunday, 11 to 12.30. We got three and a half hours, uh, three hours of the Crow this weekend. QAM 560 as the crow flies. Crow's got 184, a strong second. Yeldy 144, a solid third. George 118, he's creeping on the edge of this. Kimbo Camper 59, Hank's got 48, the big O 36. Curtis only 23. They like him, so God forbid, let's not put him on. Mad Dog 16 only, of course, and Eddie K only 14. Because most of our audience is sound asleep by that. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. If you think you have termites in your home, you better call Ridded Pest Control today to get a free termite inspection. Ridded Pest Control uses that amazing orange oil treatment I've been telling you about that kills termites and their eggs 100% on contact. They're gone faster than you can say Clarabelle's a bozo. If you have termites, it's the best possible way to get rid of them, and you don't have to tent your home either. No worrying about poisonous gas, no moving out, no hotel stays, no worrying about food or pets in your health. They treat your home with this amazing orange oil. You don't have to leave it all. In fact, when they're done treating your property, the only thing left behind is the clean set of oranges for just a few days. If you have a termite problem, here's the thing to do. Call Ridded Pest Control right now and find out about their exclusive orange oil treatment that kill, kills termites and the regs 100% on contact. No BS, no tending, no kidding. Call them right now for a free no-obligation inspection at 1-800-447-4348. That's 1-800-447-4348. When you call, make sure and tell them that Todd Dreck told you to call 1-800-447-4348. kids out there, gather around the radio. Back, 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 Yeah, watch your back, 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 Zach, especially at QAM. Watch your back, Josh. Good. You fairy. And if you do go to the game, take a special note of those San Diego uniforms, man. I see little kids on a playground with better uniforms than that. Embarrassing. Yeah. Are you sure?
走走走走。